Welcome to another Daily Grindhouse Presents No Budget Nightmares. This is Mo. He's a bad film hatin' while I skatin' all the while masturbatin'. That's, That's Mo Pawn, yeah. yeah. And with me as always is the one and only Doug Dilly. He's bow, Doug bow, Tilly, bow, 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 number one super bow, guy. Bow, bow. Wait, right. I gotta keep this clear. It's, it's I'm Doug Tilly and you're Mo. Last time I checked. I know it's been a while. It's been a long time, so I'm, I just <laughs> Since need you rock to and roll. It's, uh, it's been a little too long, don't you think, Mo? It's been a long time since you've done the stroll. The stroll? <laughs> yeah, that, yeah. I'm quoting Zeppelin. Never mind. <laughs> uh, uh, for, for anyone who doesn't know what we're talking about, perhaps you're listening to this at some point in the future. In fact, <laughs> by definition, you have to be listening to this at some point in the future. Right, right. There's been a bit of a break between the most previous episode to this and this episode. Mm-hmm. How much of a break? I don't know. It's like, I'm not good with math. Yeah, I'm not good with math either. When was the last time we did an episode? Like May? Yeah, like months and months ago. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, now it's November, so I mean, that's at least six months, right? Yeah, this is the biggest break we've ever taken on yeah. this podcast. Well, yeah, well, there were issues, and uh, I couldn't do anything about them. So, And right. now, now they're dealt with, and I have nothing but space. <laughs> space in... in- that's what's like the issue. Generally? It was a space issue. Yeah, there was, you know, there was one too many people in the house I was living in, and now there's one less person. There's in tons of space. And now there's a whole room worth of space that I'm taking nice. advantage of. Sweet. So with that extra room of space, we'll be coming at a more uh, regular schedule. And in fact, there's all sorts of changes coming. Right. It is, this is a really exciting because I think this is officially the beginning of season two. Yeah, we can call this season two. Season two of No Budget Nightmares. Woohoo! Yeah, Se- season two, Electric Boogaloo. Mm, that's, no. <laughs> <Let's not do laughs> <that>. <laughs> no. Okay, fine, fine. <laughs> I lose. Uh, on, I lose the, on that one. <laughs> with with the new season, we have a new level of professionalism and a new sheen to no. everything that we do. In fact, Mo and I have actually discussed what the next few movies are going to be. I know that that's that's about it. That's where the professionalism is coming in. We're actually talking about the movies that we're planning on discussing before the episode we're recording. <laughs> yes, yes. And I mean, it's possible we'll still get to the end of this episode and be like, "What was the movie supposed to be again?" Oh, I got to tell you, I already forgot. So I have it written down. Oh, thank goodness, because I forgot. <laughs> uh, professionalism it's in layers I mean, uh, we're working towards a level of professionalism yeah. we, we'll um, do some we'll do some professionalism behind the mic first and then we'll do some professionalism on the mic let's worry about the behind the scenes stuff first i i was slightly concerned in the days leading up to this recording because it's been so long since we recorded a no budget nightmares episode right uh i've been recording i mean you've been recording too I've been recording regularly on the Above the Line podcast, but the structure of that and the tone of that is so different. I was worried I wasn't going to know how to do a No Budget Nightmares episode. Right. No, I, I had the same exact fear because Drunk on VHS is a really easy show to do. Like, I, there's, there's almost no editing involved. It's just me and a couple other people talking, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, the The biggest thing that's happened with that show in the last since the last time we recorded is that it has its own home now. So I, right. so I had to set up, uh, there's drunk on VHS.com now. Ooh, how fancy. But, um, <laughs> but I had, so I had to work on setting all that up and I, I, you know, I had a lot of help and it took fucking forever. Um, you know, 
Uh, mostly my fault because I didn't. Oh, that's right. We can swear on this show too. <laughs> right. Fuck ass balls. Yeah. Yeah. All right. <laughs> that's my favorite swear. <laughs> balls. <laughs> anyway, um, so that's all taken care of now. So now, if anybody wants to listen to Drunk on VHS, they can do it on drunkonvhs.com, uh, where I have cataloged all every single one, first time ever. All 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 the old episodes are in one spot. You could start at the beginning. I wouldn't suggest it. I really wouldn't suggest it. I'd say start around episode 37. <laughs> to uh, to pull back the curtain on No Budget Nightmares a little bit, we're also working on an archive of episodes Woo. of this show. And in the process of putting together that archive, I went back and listened to uh, portions of our first couple oh, of God. episodes. And I also wouldn't recommend starting there. <laughs> I, well, you know, the funny thing is I would kind of suggest listening to, to the Hip Hop Locos just so that they know what our, uh, well, I don't want to call it the gold standard, but what our, well, we'll say what our <laughs> shit standard is. Also, you know? we refer to it so often. Yeah, and be, yeah, because that movie gets referred to way more often than anything else, and maybe they should listen to the Las Vegas Bloodbath as well. But well, You uh, should listen to that, but that, that came along a little bit further. In it was the, episode five. Yeah, that's five. Yeah. We had four episodes to get, like, good. <laughs> yeah, and too bad we're this many in and still not quite there. But <laughs> I like how we're speaking about the classics. Yeah, the classics. Right you know, Here's back back in the day. <laughs> well, I mean, because because cause didn't the show just have like its second anniversary? Just a little while ago, yeah. Yeah, back in October. So I mean, and we missed that one as well. Like we did the first one. <laughs> well, this this that's why this is such a momentous episode, right? Uh, and people are probably who are maybe listening for the first time might be wondering, uh, a, what are we doing? Who are we? What is this all about? <laughs> well, uh, they know who we are. I've already announced us. Yeah, but I mean, who who are we in the grand scheme of like why the fuck should they listen to us? I right, guess. right. And, and they I probably and they probably yeah. I was gonna say I can't answer that. They probably shouldn't. Well, we've been doing this for a little while. Yeah. We had an anniversary at some point. Right. Yeah. But they also are probably wondering, what are we going to be talking about today? That's probably the better question to answer, yes. All and right. Well, boy, at some point we will get boy, what an answer we will deliver at some point in the near future. <laughs> right now, I'll answer it. Okay. Uh, we are going to be talking today about a film that we actually discussed. It's, it's actually interesting that you mentioned Mo. Uh, Las Vegas Bloodbath, mm. because I think this movie was mentioned on that episode. It was. It was. This movie is 1994's Kindergarten Ninja, directed by Anthony Chan <laughs> and written by George Chung. And if I, if I remember correctly, the, the connection between them is that they share a producer, right? Well, uh, it's it's actually, yes. David Schwartz was the director of Las Vegas Bloodbath, right, right, right. and he's a producer on this film even right. though uh, there's no other yeah there's action. nothing else no similar. cast yeah. no st- you know and also this isn't a horror movie in any way shape or form yeah in fact what is this mo what how would you describe kindergarten ninja it's a p of, it's a psa it's i mean a it's PSA. Ba- yeah it's basically an after school movie yeah it's like cartoon all-stars to the rescue <laughs> except live action <laughs> and no alf it's like wacky racers Yes, it's, <laughs> of course it is. It's just like that. It's just like that. <laughs> uh, yeah, Kindergarten Ninja is like a PSA because it was made for a specific purpose. It, it's the kind of movie that you would end up watching in like junior high school. They'd get the class together or the classes together and you'd watch a video, you know, warning you against drugs right. or I don't know what kids do these days. A, a movie that may or may not feature Helen Hunt jumping out of a window. <laughs> That's right. Totally based on a real incident. Yeah. <laughs> High off her ass on LSD. 
but uh, so so you know, there's probably some interesting motivation and probably interesting financial reasons that this movie was made like it was made. However, that mm-hmm. does not explain why it's as fucking weird as it is. It's a really batshit sort of movie. I mean, for like for a, for a film that's so like family friendly, it 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 all it has a lot of really dark elements to it. I mean, like kids getting beat up and and, shot. and yeah, getting shot. Yeah, there was a school shooting. <laughs> I mean, I'll grant that, that kind of school shooting. Yeah, I mean, that yeah, n- yeah, not the kind with like the disgruntled, you know, uh, kid rampaging through, you know, no, not like a Columbine thing, but like, 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 basically, it was a more like it was like a drive-by, like somebody yeah. sprayed the building with with gunfire. But still, it's still somebody shooting a gun into a school. And let's and- let's not forget, this is a school with kindergarten students in it. Well, I guess it's technically not a school; it's a community center. Yeah, that's true. In fact, there's a lot. When someone tells you the title Kindergarten Ninja, whatever might pop into your brain, that's not what you're going to get here because most of the people we see are not kindergartners. Right. And there is really there's really no ninjas in the movie. Yeah, there's no ninja. Well, there's there's the turf ninjas. There's, there's, we'll get to that. <laughs> we'll get to those. <laughs> they sound a little something like this. <laughs> All right, maybe Second, not. Maybe not. Season but. two, same as the first. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so this, yeah, this is crazy. This movie, who knows why it exists? Uh, it went straight to video at some point in 1994. So yeah. I guess it was going to be used as a tool. I would love to hear <laughs> somebody who was shown this movie for a specific purpose as like an anti-drug type deal. Well, you know what the funny thing is, is like when this movie came out, it would it, it would maybe have been two or three years too late for that time period when, when I would have been seeing this kind of thing in school. So I'd love to, I'd love to hear from somebody who's like, you know, late twenties, maybe like just hitting 30 and, and has actually seen this. Cause I, I, I would love, I would love, I would love to hear the story. It's also strange because of its tie to major league football. Right. Now, I don't know, I'm not really a, I'm, I'm kind of a, uh, this is going to surprise listeners, but I'm kind of a geek, so I don't really know, yeah. I know how football is played, yeah. and I know the rules of football, and I can follow a game if I'm watching it, and I don't have a favorite team or anything, I just don't care that much. Yeah. How much do you know about football, Mo? Uh I know enough about football, um, I, I know like four years worth of Super Bowls. Okay. For the football. So, I mean, like, I, like, I haven't seen... I played seen... Tecmo Bowl a lot when I was a kid. Yeah, I, did, yeah, I played Tecmo Bowl a lot when I was a right. kid. But I've never played a football game since. So... Now, can you throw a spiral? No. I okay. can... I, although, I'm a pretty good kicker. <laughs> okay. So... So, our credentials are okay. Yeah. So, uh, we're, we're clearly professionals in the subject. Because Kindergarten Ninja stars a football player by the name of Dwight Clark. And if you're a football fan, particularly from the 1980s, you probably know who that is. Yeah, especially if you're a uh, San Francisco 49ers fan, because that's who he played for. He made a very special catch at one point. That's my understanding from the research I've done. (laughs) Yeah, sure. (laughs) But he's like a name. He's someone that people who were big fans of the uh, San Francisco 49ers in the 80s would probably recognize. Well, I mean, ca- case, in, case in point, uh, you know, our buddy Mike Murphy from the uh, BB&BC podcast uh, has actually watched this movie just because he found out that Dwight Clark was in it. 
Yeah, and I taunted Dwight Clark on Twitter when nice. I discovered he was someone of note <laughs> by sending him screenshots of this awful movie he made back in 1994. Please tell, please tell me you sent him this screenshot that says, like, token bimbo scene. I did. That's nice. exactly what I sent nice. over to him. Uh, he, I imagine this is something that he I, – I don't – he he is not the most embarrassing part of this movie. No. However, I can imagine there's a lot that he does in this that he'd prefer people not remember. I would imagine, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and uh, yeah, you'll see why in just a moment. <laughs> uh, in, in fact, why don't you see why right now? Let's talk about Kindergarten Ninja. I can think of one hyper-disturbing uh, sort of scene that involves his leg being tied with a, uh, a karate belt. And being stretched back. Does that happen during a montage? It ha- yeah, it's, ha- it's during one of the montages. But the best part about the, one of the nine montages in this movie. Uh, but the best part is him like narrowly missing grabbing the other dude's crotch because he's trying to like play at like being in pain. <laughs> you know what's also really strange about Kindergarten Ninja and Everything? that I didn't expect going into it <laughs> is that this is a Bruce Plotation movie. Like it fits yeah, into that. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. I did not think that that was going to be at all. I did not think that there was going to be a character that was supposed to be Bruce Lee. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, let's let, okay. Before we get too far into it, let's start. From, let's get right from the beginning. Yeah, so, of course. so the film opens up with a. Uh, I'm assuming his name is pronounced McGinnis, but uh, yeah. Ro- Robert McGinnis, who I'm assuming is uh, maybe like a San Francisco or area, San or it was like Leandro. San, huh? He's a San Leandro police. Thank you. Yeah, I was trying to remember. I, for some reason, it was San Laredo <laughs> in my head. I'm like, that's wrong. I, I looked him up online. He uh, he currently is retired and enjoys spending time with his four grandchildren. Aw. Aw. Well, that's so good. Around. He's still kicking, unless that was old information. <laughs> Let's hope it's not, because he's the best <laughs> thing about this movie. Anyway, he so he sort of explains... Uh, what's going on? What the whole point of the movie was, and like, what about the Dare program? And and then do you uh, remember the Dare program? I do. Yeah, I, I also use resistance something or other. Yeah, yeah. He says what it means. I totally forgot. But it's like, <laughs> uh, anyway. Uh, yeah, we um, I, we never really like it was never a huge presence in my schools, but I'm from like white suburbia, so like whatever. Yeah, me too. I don't. I don't. I never thought of it as anything. To, to me, it always kind of connected with. That just say no type shit. Right. And it, it was. It's basically all it was. I wasn't cool enough for people to offer me drugs. <laughs> yeah, they saw me and said, no, nah, he'll tell his parents. <laughs> <laughs> and they were right. Well, well, Robert does a – he does that uh, – he's kind of sitting at a desk, just like how you would expect this introduction to be. Right, right, right. And he's, he's – It's actually very – it's very, like, old-school road show when you think yeah, about right? it. Like, like the movie starts and it's like Criswell, you know, or – That's right. <laughs> Do you know what your children are doing? <laughs> but anyway, he, he, ends, he ends his whole spiel with, uh, with this little number. Remember, by talking to your children – and instilling good values, together we can all make a difference. And it's true. Together, it's true. we can all make a difference. And that kind of sets up your expectation for what the movie is going to be about. Right. Talking to your children, making them aware of this drug problem. But I'll be honest, when I got to the end of this movie, I forgot the whole drug aspect of it. Right, yeah. <laughs> I mean, It's despi- really in the background. Which is really funny because the final battle, so to speak, is him against the drug gang. And yeah. you forget that drugs had anything to do with it. Yeah. Especially <laughs> because you don't really get a sense. I mean, you don't see kids actually doing drugs. Right. You, you barely see the drugs at all. And when they are, they're, in, they're not 
you know, it, it's I can't remember. We'll get to the name. It, it's like Zach Bu- it's Buzz. Buzz. That's right. Yeah. Buzz. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like a '90s energy drink. Uh, so over the opening credits, uh, and by the way, this movie shot on film. It's a uh, it's a real movie. Yeah. <laughs> uh, over the opening credits, we get uh, some sports talk radio, and we are introduced to our lead character, who is the beloved football player Blade Steel. Yeah, of the San Francisco Gold Rush. Gold Rush. So I guess to... so, so. Obviously, they couldn't get any permission to use Forty ers but no. so they're like, ah, oh, well, what what can we do? That's exactly the same thing, but different. Exactly. And yeah. uh, I mean, they couldn't get sponsorship from the NFL, but they obviously could get sponsorship from Coca Cola, since it appears numerous <laughs> times. It's one. It's one of the. It's some of the best product placement in the ever. It's, they'll be sitting, and no matter what, it's. You know, he's drinking a Coke, or he mentions that he's drinking a Coke. <laughs> uh, but I love the radio host goes, as far as I'm concerned, he can do no harm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's he's beloved in a way that, that sports talk radio never likes someone. To yeah, yeah, it's just so unrealistic, because I've, I mean, I've been stuck in cars with people listening to Stark, uh, listen, uh, sports radio, and... It's just vitriol the whole time. I've never heard somebody say, yeah, that was really great. No, it's always like, that loser. <laughs> sure, he's good now. Yeah, but fuck <laughs> him in five ACL. years. Yeah. So this guy is, we don't really know anything about him except that he's a great football player. So we see a montage, or <laughs> get used to that word. Yeah, really. Of him going on a bunch of, uh, of dates. Yeah, this movie's more montage than uh, Rocky IV is, yeah. and Rocky IV is like eighty-five percent montage. <laughs> uh, this one, th- this one, the montages don't always serve a purpose, unfortunately. Yeah, they're almost. Uh, yeah, I was gonna say ninety percent of them are just training. Yeah, and this movie doesn't like. It's only like seventy. Oh, it's eighty-two minutes, so it's yeah. barely the length of a real movie. Anyway, right, right, right. Uh, and you and. When the padding hits, boy, is it noticeable. Yeah. Well, they, I mean, they hit that magic number. But the funny thing is, is that they could have cut a minute off of each of the montages. because, And I do believe that every montage in this movie has at least a minute uh, of extra montaginess oh, to it. And they still would have been over 75 minutes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. During this montage that we see right now, we see him go on a bunch of dates. Yeah, he's like uh, courting women and swooning women. And my favorite part of it, though, is that, and I'm sure you were going to mention this, but I'm going to mention it first, <laughs> is um, is when he picks up the woman while he's at the, uh, while he's at, he's like at like, a, what do they call it? Um, like a patio. He's on like a patio right. at a restaurant. And the one woman gets up to go to the bathroom, or she just walks away. It doesn't really explain why. And he grabs another woman off the sidewalk and sits with her for a minute. And then she walks away. And then he picks up another woman off the sidewalk. It's like, wow. Yeah, he's uh, he's shameless. I he think is you might pretty say. shameless. Uh, and then we get a kind of the introduction to him as a character with him driving this convertible down the street. And uh, he uses his famous pickup line to the young lady that's with him in this vehicle. Hey, you like french fries? I love french fries. Now, the audio in this scene was so bad that I had to, like, I had to pump that last part up a <laughs> lot just so it could get that soft. She but loves french fries. She loves french fries. 
Now, uh, I didn't really get the sense, by the way, during the scene that he was necessarily drunk driving, but I wasn't paying, I guess, close enough attention. Well, he does uh, have a beer in his hand and a cooler in, in the back seat. Yes, and a cooler of beer in the back but, seat. But, at the, but you do make a good point, though. I mean, at the very least, he, he seems like he's driving with an open container, which is, of course, still against the law. But, <laughs> um, I, but I think the bigger crime that he had... Because uh, did they when he when they when they bring him uh, to the court do they do they actually say he was driving under the influence or do they say he was driving with an open container because I know the bigger charge was that he provided alcohol to a minor right yeah that's hard to say because yeah. I mean we'll get a, we'll get a quote yeah I didn't I didn't keep, I was gonna say I didn't keep a note I didn't keep a note of of what the specific charges were but yes yeah, well, so, either way he offers a beer to the officer to the cop, that arrests yeah. him so uh, that's you know that's a bad sign that's a bad sign yeah <laughs> he goes, well, the cop walks up and he goes which i'm fairly certain all the cops in with the exception of the main cop i think all of the other cops are played by actual cops yes almost certainly so yeah <laughs> uh, because their acting is incredible <laughs> um so yeah so he goes up and he goes well you could start by giving me that beer and he's like oh you want a beer <laughs> he starts listing <laughs> off all the beers that he has <laughs> Uh, the the way that police are actually displayed in this movie and portrayed is very strange, considering that this was a movie that was sponsored by the police. Right. Yeah. They are shown to be ineffective and corrupt. <laughs> yeah. Which is strange. Like, why? Yeah. Exactly. Why would you want to make yourself look bad? Well, we'll 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 get deep into that. So he's he's dragged <laughs> off to court. Uh, where, uh, where you know, I mean, this, this is pretty serious. Drunk driving. He's a very famous celebrity. Yeah. Um, but he doesn't take it very seriously because he's gotten out of these. Sort of no. Charges <laughs> they talk about they talk about uh, supplying the alcohol to a to a, uh, somebody who's underage, and he goes, "Well, she she was twenty, but she looked twenty five. <laughs> yes. Uh, Which is and, something and, you say I, in open court. I like when he tells the judge that he bribed a previous judge. He just walks up. <laughs> By the judge, <laughs> even the judge looks surprised, and he's just like he's, he just wants to have a little word with him. Yeah, he, yeah. He asks he asks to approach the bench, and of course, generally that means you walk up to the bench, not walk up <laughs> to the chair. <laughs> uh, this uh, this judge, by the way, there's a lot of awful performances in this movie, but this judge might really, be the worst. Yeah, th- th- we got to hear this line. Yeah. Later. Do you realize what a penalty this crime carries? Yeah, like it's, it's like even I mean like the sentence technically is grammatically correct, but it just <laughs> sounds wrong. <laughs> there is a sense uh, since uh, both the uh, director and writer are in the movie that perhaps English isn't their well, it isn't their primary language, and there is some grammatical oddness that goes on with a mm. lot of the script in the movie. Right, right. <laughs> so maybe that, but th- that's uh that judge, maybe he was a real judge. Maybe they um, pulled him He's in. got, he had to have been a real judge. <laughs> or or a football player. Or a football player. <laughs> so we go from this. He, oh, by the way, uh, Blade Steele gets sentenced to work with children for 90 days. Right. At a community center as community service. And then we we cut to something that I never in a million years would have thought we would have cut to. I re- this is, I should mention, this is my third time watching this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, so the first time I watched this movie, I was with my friends and when it cut and I'm just going to give it away when they cut, cause the next scene takes place in heaven <laughs> <laughs> when they cut to heaven and there's like, I believe it's God standing there or whatever. Yep. And, <laughs> <laughs> uh, like we, like me and my friends just kind of looked at each other and we said, 
what the hell just happened? <laughs> it's like switching to a different movie. It really and is. What's great is that the following three minutes, my jaw was just on the floor. The whole right, time. right. Yeah, it's amazing. Because we cut to heaven, like you said, God is there. God is there. We see a number of people walk up to an unseen person who is just referred to as Bruce, Bruce. but who is obviously Bruce clearly Lee. Clearly supposed to be Bruce Lee. <laughs> and the people walking up to him are clearly supposed to be Elvis. Right. George Washington. Right. And Charlie Chaplin. Right. <laughs> and then we see them fight. Do you have any idea who that fourth guy is supposed to be? I don't. Like, there's actually. another guy who says something to him, and he's just he just looks Asian. I have, I mean... Yeah. You know, not not to say that all Asians look the same or anything like that. I'm just saying that he's Asian, clearly, but I have no idea who he's supposed to be. They don't make a reference to him at all. At least yeah. with at least with Elvis, George Washington, and Charlie Chaplin, like there's costumes that sort of go with it. You know. Yeah, I mean, the, in terms of their their names in the credits, I mean, you get Elvis and you get Charlie. Uh, yeah, you don't really get a sense of who it might be. Right. Maybe it's maybe it's nobody, but yeah. So we see Bruce Lee fight Elvis and George Washington in heaven using right, sticks. Right. <laughs> but there is but there is something interesting about Bruce, and maybe maybe you might want to bring this up because there's a certain aspect of Bruce Lee, or uh, we'll, we'll just call him Bruce. Uh, every time you see him, you're not allowed to, you know, well to see his whole head. Yeah, they they hide his face for the entire movie. They yeah. basically show him from the shoulders down. Right. They're very careful because obviously this actor doesn't look like Bruce Lee, and also yeah. he doesn't sound like Bruce Lee. No. He certainly doesn't move like Bruce Lee, and his like the way he fights is not like how Bruce Lee would fight. Yeah, because he clearly a kung fu fighter, and you know, and Bruce had his own fighting style. So it's like it's a little jarring, but hmm. but he's not bad. Yeah, I mean, you know, it, 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 it's silly enough that it's, it's not that big of a deal. Right, and exactly. Also, but the weird thing is that it kind of sets up that he's going to be this protective character uh, over Blade Steel. Right. But then he vanishes he for like three He just disappears through the rest of the movie, basically. What, what I love is that we get to see God, and God is playing invisible tennis. With sound effects. With sound effects. <laughs> and there's an implication. God says that, uh, I wish Jimmy Connors was here, which just <laughs> must have been a hilarious joke in 1994. Right. And when he says that, Two angels run off, and the suggestion is that they're going to kill Jimmy <laughs> and Connors. And bring him up to heaven. <laughs> and bring him to heaven to play tennis with God. But Thank then... goodness. Thank goodness that God said, wait, wait, wait. No. <laughs> Not literally. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and Bruce, of course, does show up. And God lets Bruce know that Bruce's goal, by the way, is to become an angel. Right. He didn't know. That in order to become an angel, you have to perform a miracle. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I mean, since 73, I guess he forgot to ask how to yeah. become an angel. Uh, and <laughs> It's only been 20 years. It's only been 20 years. <laughs> uh, so he's told that his intervention could help a bad man become a good man. Right. And that would be a miracle. And that would be a miracle. I love God's voice in this. Like, it is filthy with reverb. <laughs> You know, like almost to the point, like, like, you know, it's, it's almost, almost impossible. To understand. It's almost impossible to understand him. I wish we had grabbed some audio of him. I, I didn't think to do it because I was too perplexed by the voice itself. <laughs> but yeah, God's voice is essentially just reverb up to 100. It's insane. <laughs> so uh, with no warning at all and with no kind of transition, uh, Bruce ends up. In fact, this the whole 
Bruce showing up to Blade Steel is done so weird. Oh, it's ridiculous. It's so dumb. Yeah, and and um, <laughs> I love the idea, by the way, that that getting a drunk driving charge is going to really like hurt the career of Blade Steel or right. hurt when you, in the in in 2013 when you're just glad that they're not they don't have an illegal dog fighting ring <laughs> running out of their house. Well, yeah, it's funny. I was I was thinking that was one of the things I was thinking of as I was watching this. I'm like, I think I even made a note of it. I said that would never happen now. Yeah. Like, yeah. that charge would have been thrown out. It would have been, like, whatever. Just pay a fine, the end. And it, would, and it wouldn't have affected his career at all. Because, I mean, because, uh, as you mentioned, the illegal dogfighting ring, you know, as we all know, Michael Vick still has a career. Yeah, like, you know, people he's love still, that guy still. Yeah, he's still playing, and people still love him. And he ran an illegal dogfighting, you know, racket out of his house. <laughs> I can hurt like, even coming up with something like, what's something that someone could do? That would make them despised. The only other thing would be some sort of pedophilia thing, right? Right, right. yeah. The next step up is killing dogs in some sort of fighting contest. Yeah, because well, because if you, yeah, exactly. And and actually, there's a really great comparison you can make here too that shows that dogs, that's it's fine. Kids, not so much. Because if you look at the careers of Michael Vick versus the career of Jeffrey Jones, it's pretty clear difference. They they do. <laughs> I mean, I understand what you're saying, Mo, but they work in two different fields. I'm just saying. <laughs> Jeffrey Jones was a fine actor. Mm-hmm. You know, I still enjoy his work when, when I see it in older movies. Uh, I'm not going to stop watching Ferris Bueller or Ravenous because he's in it, you know. Or Deadwood or Edwood. <laughs> yeah, Edward or Deadwood or Edwood. <laughs> Uh, I, I know. Ex- I see what you're saying. It's very difficult. I mean, this is a whole different conversation about. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I don't want. Person. I don't want to get. I don't want to get into that. I was just making the the quick comparison. I do want to mention a ridiculous joke. Well, I'll use air quotes. Joke that was done while they were still in heaven, where they talked about how uh, how Blade goes through women like he's scoring touchdowns. And then one of the other angels goes, he led the league last year. (laughs) Classic. Brilliant. (laughs) So when Bruce shows up on Earth, he, uh, I mean, Blade Steel is is surprised. In fact, let's let's hear his surprise. (laughs) Yeah, because Blade is currently talking to a, a woman. Yes, a woman. Yeah. Who the hell are you? I'm Bruce. Bruce? Bruce? Who the hell's Bruce? I'm confused. I need your body for a task from God. You want my body? You're disgusting. Now what's going on here? <laughs> now what's going on here? You get a good sense there, by the way, that Dwight Clark, probably a great football player, not much of an actor. Not much of an actor. <laughs> though though he, he, he's still in the top percentile of actors in this particular movie. He's one of the best in this particular <laughs> film. Uh, that whole scene doesn't make any sense. I guess the the suggestion is that the woman can't see Bruce. Right. So, yeah, well I mean cuz we know that Bruce is a ghost. I mean, he's not an right. angel, but he's a ghost <laughs> at the very at the very least. So she can't see Bruce, but then the way the whole thing starts is it like, oh, you have a shot of heaven and there's God and Bruce and then there's mm-hmm. this tiny little box in the bottom that shows I mean this is really right. like this is this is some of the worst editing I've ever yeah, seen. This is, it really is horrible. Yeah. And and yeah, so there's a tiny little box 
within the main shot, which is just really poorly done. And you have, uh, <laughs> I keep wanting to say Dwight, uh, Blade <laughs> and this woman in there. And then Bruce starts talking when he's in heaven. And then when it cuts away, he's sitting on the bar between him and the, between Blade and the woman. Yeah. And it's just like, what just happened? Like, wh- huh? Ugh. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, it's really, really annoying. And then the woman, the woman, uh, you know, I don't know. Like, I don't I don't understand why. I mean, I understand why she was supposed to slap him, but the way the line was delivered didn't warrant a slap because he clearly was not asking her yeah. if she wanted his body. Yeah, yeah. It's, 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 it's a stretch, to say the least. Right. So, so he thinks Bruce is crazy and uh, leaves this bar or restaurant or whatever that he's in. Yeah. And he, when he goes outside, he finds some very early 90s punks trying to steal his car. I describe this as one of the dumbest fight scenes I've ever seen. It's really dumb. Yeah. And, I mean, some, some movies take pride in how dumb their fight scenes yeah. are. This one... <laughs> Well, Blade is uh, uh, an athlete, but he is not a martial artist. No. So he has to be instructed (laughs) by the ghost of Bruce Lee. (laughs) I love, yeah, because basically what happens is Bruce Bruce possesses him for the fight. All right. So Bruce has to possess (laughs) Blade's body to sort of help him fight. And then, and it's in almost a, uh, uh, an order of one sort of, uh, <laughs> sort of situation, but with minus any of the class or finesse, um, they, <laughs> which is saying something <laughs> for order of one, uh, they, he announces, like they have to announce what each fighting style is. And well, that's, so, I mean, that's classic martial arts yeah, cinema, right? I right. mean, that's very, a uh, drunken master. Right. In fact, uh, they even does some of those. Uh, one of the ones they say is "Monkey Steals Peach," which is one of the ones I think they say in. Drunk it's the Master. first one, yeah. Monkey, yeah. S- yeah, Monkey steals something, but in this particular, because it's something different in the other one. In this case, it's right. like a nut grab, yeah. basically. Uh, in Drunken Master, it's something else, but I can't remember. Uh, I think it's Monkey Steals Wine, right? Like st- Monkey Steals Master's Wine, I think is what it is in Drunken <laughs> Master. Damn, I can't believe I remember that. <laughs> and then it gets. Weird. Better slash worse. Yeah, and then it's like <laughs> double dragon ghost something. And then my favorite one, and I'm sure it's your favorite one too, wave hands like clouds. <laughs> it doesn't even make any sense. From the, and then, of course, then I mean, there's aspects of this movie that are offensive, uh, and as we'll get to, but then he does wax on, wax off. Well, he does obviously. bite of the viper. So yeah. I wrote them all down. There's Bite of the sure. Viper. Then there's the obligatory wax on, wax off reference. Then he does Thunder and Lightning. And then he says, Hasta la Vista, baby. Yeah. This movie came out in 1994. Yeah. Two years after Terminator 2. Yeah. <laughs> but I have a sneaking suspicion that it started filming not yes. very long after <laughs> Terminator 2 came out. <laughs> I mean, we're giving it the benefit of the doubt since there's so much of this is a ripoff of Kindergarten Cop. Right. Um, <laughs> Which came out even earlier. (laughs) (laughs) So um, he manages to fight off these punks. We then go to Blade's apartment. Very nice apartment. Sure. And uh, and he talks to Bruce about what his mission is going to be. Yeah. Yeah. He wants to be a better person. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Sometimes. Well, no, no, no. I'm saying Bruce wants him to be a better person. (laughs) Oh, okay. (laughs) 
Uh, yeah, because at this point, Blade is still a real asshole. And then we go to I mean, another very strange scene where Blade has to go to this community center to register to teach something. I love what Bruce says about kids. <laughs> he, he goes, yeah. they, they have all the emotional content. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so weird. God. <laughs> so, uh, okay, you're going to explain something to me now. Mo. This is the per. This next scene right here is probably the perviest scene in in the yes, film. Yes, it absolutely is. Yeah, because he's basically given the option between two classes. He can teach children's sports or girls' PE. Right. And uh, you know, he make, gets makes his lecherous face because yeah. he obviously wants to do girls' PE. Yeah, and you do not see, like, you do not see a kid in this film over the looking over the age of like thirteen. Yes. You know, so if he's if he's going to be doing girls PE, they are not going to be <laughs> grown women, you know. So basically and how this how this turns out is so dumb. Yeah. I mean, even in the realm of this movie it's really dumb Right. where he's like reading them over, he's like girls PE, children's sports, and then the woman who's signing him up, she goes, "Ah, oh, children's sports." <laughs> and then he gets confused and he ends up I guess it's supposed to be like Bruce is like somehow. I ass- him. Yeah, I'm assuming it's Bruce sort of like pulling him out of out of because there. otherwise he just falls backwards like ten steps out a door, right, and then falls on his ass. <laughs> falls on his ass, <laughs> and two kids find him on the ground. And I mean, my my thought at this point was that these two kids were going to be the like the kids he were that that would be kind of taking the lead, right. Like the, yeah, but but no. They yeah, because I yeah I assumed that too. I assumed at this point it was going to turn into sort of a three ninjas kind of thing, and like it would all be it would be all about like how they have a grandfather who's like this mystic or something. You know, oh, you and had a whole story. I had a whole thing going in my head as soon as I saw those kids. I had this whole idea of what the where the story was going, and I was so wrong. <laughs> nope, this is just a, a really dumb joke. Let's hear this stupid joke between these kids and Blade. <sighs> I'm Blade Steele, the football player. San Francisco Gold Rush. You guys are great. Not any Cowboys fan. You guys are losers. Yeah, I don't know if you could hear that or not, but he said, he goes, oh, San Francisco Gold Rush. I'm a big fan. Not. (laughs) (laughs) Well, your delivery was a lot better than his, Mo. (laughs) You guys are great. Not. (laughs) (laughs) I'm a Cowboys Cowboys fan. (laughs) You guys are great. Not. You know what? He, He delivers that joke like Borat. That's right. You guys are not great. <laughs> so uh, then we get the most uh, kindergarten cop-ish part where we see Blade in front of this class of, I mean, they're, I guess they're a little over kindergarten age probably, but just around there. Uh, and they're all going crazy. Crazy. A-, a scene stolen directly out of kindergarten cop. Yes. Directly. Quiet! Yeah, exactly. Although, <laughs> it- yeah, I, yeah, I mean, ugh. This is the scene that drives me the nut, that drives me most nuts in in because because of the blatant ripoff factor. Anyway, so he he uh yeah so blah 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 he the class is going wild kindergarten cop blah blah blah. Anyway, uh so Blade meets one of the other te- I hate calling him Blade. Yeah, I know. It's such a stupid fucking name. You, you sort of forget just how dumb that name is as you go along, but yeah, it's yeah it's like it's like what. <laughs> Who do you want to be in this action movie? Oh, Blade Steel. Right, right, yeah. Well, I mean, uh, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, there's this other teacher, Linda, yeah. uh, that he that he kind of bumps into, and she kind of gives him the lay of the land, but uh, he makes his interest in her obvious, but she, 
She's not having it. <laughs> she goes, what's your type? Uh, he, she, she says, you're not my type. He says, well, what's your type? And she goes, about three foot seven. She likes midgets. She likes, <laughs> you know, she's very interested in Warwick Davis. But she likes him as a person. She does not fetishize his size. Now, you might be wondering at this point. Well, <laughs> nah, they're not. What, what's the big conflict of this movie going to be? Right. Because now we're, I don't know, maybe 20 minutes in and nothing's really happened. Right. Right. Except, you know, he's got to get over. He's, the miracle's got to happen or whatever. It's a what's lot he, of setup. Yeah, it is. The And also, what is it, what's its connection to Dare? Well, here it is. This community that this movie takes place in is experiencing a lot of gang violence. (laughs) Because uh, kids aged 7 to (laughs) 9 are dealing and involved with a new synthetic drug from China, which has no odor, no color, and it gives you a quick high, and it's real cheap. It's called It looks a lot like like an empty cellophane bag. Yes, it does look like that. (laughs) (laughs) And, uh, by the way, this... This scene is presented with a uh, police officer approaching uh, a, a scene of the crime, and the <laughs> other officers that are already at the scene are explaining to him all this information. The acting in the scene, nobody is good. Everyone yeah. is fucking horrible. Yeah, this is uh, <laughs> this is where we're introduced to the Sarge. I guess he has a name, but I never really real. I never really paid attention to anybody calling him the name. Oh is no, the, the, ma- the mayor calls. Yeah, it's Antonelli. the The mayor calls him it once, but everybody else just calls him Sarge. So I, all my notes just says the Sarge. <laughs> yeah, which is good enough. Right? Good enough. And th- the Sarge in this case is played by Vinny Serrato. I guess is how you pronounce his name. Sure. And he sure, uh, and he apparently is a football personality and played for the Forty ers in the eighties and ha- continued on with I guess the Redskins for years and years. I didn't know who the fuck he was. Yeah, I, all I, I knew I, is that he's horrible. Yeah, I didn't know who Dwight Clark was, so whatever. Yeah, right. Yeah. So you can't blame us. We already we already explained our ignorance before. Yeah. But he, the Sarge, he, you know, he's upset about all this uh, new drug violence, and he says that it's crunch time. No one's going to mess with their precinct. Sure, nobody. Uh, then we go back to our, our more amusing story where Blade is back in his apartment. He wakes up in bed and turns, and guess who's there? Yeah, he goes to sleep, and there's yes. a, and there's a hot, hot there. blonde in the bed next to him. He, go, he rolls over, goes to bed, wakes up the next morning, and it's Bruce. It's Bruce. And of course, you the, question, know that it's... the question is immediately, what happened to the chick? Right, and how long has Bruce been there? Right, uh, and in case you didn't find it amusing enough, a gong sound. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there are some. Can you consider them racist undertones when the writer is Chinese? Uh, I don't even know if the writer is necessarily Chinese. Well, I th- uh, but, oh, yeah, I guess maybe that's just me being racist because yeah, wasn't his name Ch- wasn't his name like Chan or something like that? Well, yeah, Anthony Chan. That's right. So I mean, it, but but let's not be presumptuous. True, uh, true. necessarily. We'll I mean, say. They, Potentially Asian. Yes, potentially Asian. <laughs> Very good. And th- by the way, this gag is just a gag. We go right to Blade arriving at school the next right, day. Right. Uh, and this is his opportunity to explain to the kids why he's in this position, why a famous football player <laughs> has to teach them. This movie really should have been called Smash Cut the Film because yeah. I don't think there are any, like, I mean, there's the one really bad attempt when they introduce Bruce to blade to do some kind of editing but i think he gave up yeah. <laughs> after that and everything else and the rest of the movie is just smash cut after smash cut 
<laughs> so he uh, he introduces himself to the kids, even though they had a whole class the day before. I guess he didn't really get to it. Uh, <laughs> and and this is a chance for the children to be precocious and fun. Right. But here's the thing: most kid actors are awful. Yeah, well, but you know the old they're saying. They're the best. They're the best that they. Have. Yeah, don't work with kids or animals. Right. Don't work with kids ever. Right. <laughs> and if you could avoid having a shitload of them on the set, you probably should. These kids are awful. Well, uh, well, you know, I mean, it's it's obvious. This is this is actually from a uh, from a mistake standpoint. This is probably one of my favorite, um, probably one of my favorite uh, bits, just because um, it's obvious that when they're filming blade scenes. There's no kids in the yeah, room. Yeah, there's there's obviously no kids. In yeah. fact, it becomes particularly obvious in just a little bit. Right. Where, yeah, we'll, we'll get to that. But these kids, if you even get a, a moment, one of the kids says that you're the reason my dad lost 50 bucks because he asked, like, who am I? Uh, and one of the kids says that his uncle says that the only balls you can catch are. And he cuts him off. Yeah, that's a kind of a filthy joke. That's, that's probably my favorite joke in the whole movie. <laughs> My father says the only balls you can handle are. Uh, <laughs> let's leave that one alone. <laughs> then all the kids need to go to the bathroom at once, and of one of the kids speaks Chinese and not English for some reason. And it's just assumed that she's insulting him because the entire class laughs. Yes, right, because they all know. Because this entire does. class, of this like rainbow coalition of students all speak Chinese, apparently. But the best kid, who knows exactly why uh, Dwight Clark slash Blade Steel <laughs> is there. Uh, his response is uh, notable. My dad told me why you're here. Why is that? You got arrested. You got arrested. He's dancing. Because yes. you're an alcoholic. Now, wait a minute. I'm not an alcoholic. <laughs> wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute, uh, kids. Now, I, I imagine the kid's doing the, the, the song from Eddie Murphy, right? From... Is that supposed to be a reference, do you think? To what? To uh, in Raw, isn't it? Where where he's like, uh, I got an ice cream. You do not have one because oh, you're may- on the welfare. Hmm, is maybe. It, maybe. I don't know. That's what I thought it was. But uh, anyway, that kid uh, got uh, You're only thinking that because the kid was black. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> uh, we're, we're both being horrifically racist. <laughs> it's the movie that brought it out. It of really us. is. It's the movie. So uh, the kids ask about... Yeah, he has to explain what being an alcoholic means and, like, what alcohol is. And And they they do something kind of stupid where the kids are like, does it taste good? Does it make you feel good? And he's like, "Eh, no, not really. Not really. (laughs) they go, then why do you do it? And he suddenly has this kind of moment of clarity. I don't know. That's a real good question. It's like, because, yeah, because... Because it tastes, because it tastes good, and it makes you feel good. That's why <laughs> it makes me feel really. It good. makes me feel like a real man. <laughs> also, aren't these kids all supposed to be drug addicts? <laughs> yeah, exactly. They're all <laughs> drug dealers. <laughs> they should not need to be told what alcohol is. So, uh, you might think at this point, well, Bruce, I guess, is going to be teaching lessons throughout it. No, Bruce goes away now. Yeah, Bruce, Bruce is, is gone. Bruce is gone because Blade is going to go to a dojo. Uh, with a uh, <laughs> with a, uh, a a master uh, master chosen one. Yeah. See, see, I see. I assumed that they were making the play on the word, and I and I all my notes say it say it is master chosen one. Right. Yeah, but either yeah. way, it's still 
master chosen one. <laughs> Who is supposed to be one of Bruce Lee's students in this case. He's blind. Yeah. Uh, but he's an expert in karate, taekwondo, and uh, kung fu, but not Jeet Kune Do. Yeah. Well, he, he may be a blind master, and he is definitely way more believable as a blind master than Rizzo was. <laughs> Indeed. Indeed. Uh, <laughs> For all of you people who saw uh, G.I. Joe Retaliation. The um, so so, Blade is not impressed by the guy at the dojo, even though an angel told him that that, <laughs> that he's a quality martial arts master. Nice. Uh, so we go to the point where Blade decides to go over and kick his ass, uh, and he tries to do the crane kick from Karate Kid. Because oh, so stupid! He even says Karate Kid. Yes, he does. He says it just in case we don't get it. We don't have a gong to play, unfortunately. Uh, but uh, but. The master dodges everything he tries to do, and he makes him look foolish, so he earns his respect. <laughs> they drink they drink Coca-Cola together. <laughs> they do. They, they go for a, a drink of Coca-Cola. At this point, after, like, after earning this respect, uh, the master and Blade are inseparable. <laughs> I love the way the master says Blade's name. Like, it's so, like, innocently racist. Yes, he calls him is. He calls him Braid. Braid, yes, and um, I mean, and it's an affectation too. It's an obvious one, right? And so, if you're getting sick of all this ridiculousness, we're going to move on to a different kind of ridiculousness. Probably the most ridiculous character in the film, which is, which is the bad guy. Which is the bad guy? We know it because as soon as he shows up on screen, it says the bad guy on the screen. <laughs> it says it on the fucking screen. Yeah. And this is Hector Machete. Yep. Who is uh, a drug dealer? And he is the one who's kind of uh, promoting all of the drug use in the community. Uh, he is. If, if you want, if you want to think of, of of imagine, if you will, the poor man's Michael Pena. Yeah, that's essentially Hector for me. He's still by far the best actor in this movie. Oh, yeah, he's absolutely the best actor in the film. He's the toughest seeming character in the film, like <laughs> even more so than his main goon. Uh, Stone, <laughs> who, who, despite wearing muscle tees, does not look necessarily. <laughs> no, he's just a big, fat, hairy guy. Yes, he's a big, fat, hairy guy, <laughs> and not like in a good way, like like the fat guy from like Roadhouse. You know, it's like he, he's like he's no, he's not of... imposing at all. He looks yeah, like... yeah, he's not imposing. He he wears stupid sunglasses, and it's just idiotic. So uh, we uh, we're introduced to Hector Machete, and we see that he's using kids to run his uh, horrible drug right, all around right. town. Um, and we see how he treats them. He, he, uh, he's unhappy with some of the returns one of the kids are bringing well, yeah, in. So yeah, this, this one doesn't make any sense to me. He's upset with Joey for being short on cash and then just decides to beat up three random other yeah. kids? Yeah, older kids, too, the ones he, he wants to beat up for right, some reason. Right, right. Uh, yeah, we see him pick three at random and just kind of throw them at a wall. Right. And, and then beat them up a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. But then, of course, this is tough love, as, <laughs> as Machete makes very clear to the kids. <laughs> oh, Joey. Joey. Okay, Joey. No, Joey, it's okay. I still love you. I'm the only one to love you. Your parents don't love you. Your friends... They don't love you. I love you. I'm the only one you can trust. See, I hear I hear that line coming out of Michael Pena's mouth in like Observe and Report. <laughs> <laughs> you know, to say or like yeah. in uh, and he's found in Down, like the character he was. You know, 
It's the same kind of character. <laughs> well, going back to the relationship between the Master and uh. Blade, we learn that uh, the Master used to be a very angry person, and uh, martial arts helped him control this. Yeah. And he wants to pass some of that on to Blade. And when Blade is, shows frustration regarding the kids and trying to get them to control them, Master says, look, kids today, they're, they're so much smarter than they were mm. when they were growing up. They just need to be listened to. And when you listen to a child, they will tell you how to teach them. And the funny thing is when you think about it, like the stats, because they were talking about like the amount of violence that kids saw on television in the early 90s versus like the late 70s or early 70s or whatever, you know. And and if you think about those, those statistics between then and now... You know, like it's it's through the roof even more. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. It's Absolutely. Just, you know. Yeah, kids I mean, look, there's there is no innocence to especially uh North American life right. anymore. Right. Uh and that's what he's kinda getting at. Though these days if you listen to children, they will not tell you how to teach them. No, they, they will likely will... pull a knife on you. Yeah, and they might kill stab you. you. <laughs> yeah. It wasn't. It's not so simple. But before we get to see if Blade takes these lessons to heart, we need a montage. There's, there has to be a montage because and we got to see how Blade is going to get his martial arts skills. It has been twenty minutes since the last montage, and that is entirely unacceptable. That will be the longest gap between montages from this. Yeah, point there's forward. there's a montage about every five minutes for the rest of the film, yeah. and these montages always go at least two or three minutes. Yeah, uh, and it's just a lot of exercising. Um, and by the way. The master, even though he's playing a blind character, he's not very blind. <laughs> he's he's run. He's doing things like <laughs> he's doing things that a blind person w- normally wouldn't do. By the way, the master his uh, his walking stick, I- instead of it being a stick, it's a golf club. Right. For some reason. So uh, after this montage, and because uh, Blade is already learning a little bit uh, about how martial arts works and finding his inner peace, he sits down with some children. Hmm. Yes. He's going to speak to them on their level. He's going to ask them what they want to do. All right, everybody. All right. Hold it down. Now, what do you guys want to do today? Let's play Street Fighter 2. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. Hydra fighting. Yeah, that's cool. (laughs) And then almost immediately we we get this. And here's the real, here's the way, the, the way we know. This was a huge, huge snafu, like oversight. Uh, in this film, at least I hope it was, because if they right. did this intentionally, then man, well, I'm just, gonna, I'm just gonna play it. Okay, yeah, let's just hear it. Oh, I get it. You guys want to play Street Fighter because it's dangerous, and they go around beating each other up, right? Yeah. <laughs> oh, you probably can't even hear that. Uh, I, there's, there's one lone guy at the end there that went, yeah, <laughs> yeah, and this an obvious grown man, Gro- says, yeah. yeah. Because yeah. it cuts from this, this angle where he's speaking to these kids. It goes to this ang- thing, kind of an angle, like a wide angle, where it's just Blade sitting in a chair facing the camera. Right. Obviously, there's no kids in front of him at right, all. Right, right. So the response is just a man going, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, and also, it's not dangerous one. to play Street Fighter 2. I don't know why he said it was dangerous. Yeah, exactly. I don't know. I mean, what, you're going to hurt your finger? You're going to go outside and beat up a car. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Yoga flame. <laughs> the other the other day, a buddy of mine posts on uh, posts on Facebook that he that he wanted to beat up his car. <laughs> so I sent the link <laughs> to the video of Guile beating up a car. <laughs> we've all been there. Oh, uh, we've all been there. 
So he uh, he decides that he's going to reach the hearts and minds of these children by teaching them karate. Now, well, I don't know why karate is the focus. Right. <laughs> Uh, karate and kung fu and all martial arts styles are used interchangeably in this movie, and I know not everyone gets as irritated by that as I do, but uh, I'm still going to mention it. No, I'm I'm with you. I'm completely with you on that. I get annoyed to shit by that. Uh, so uh, the master is also showing up to these classes. I guess he's going. To, I guess he just has a lot of time on his hands. Yeah, because he doesn't have a dojo to run or anything. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and he, of course, explains to the children that they're going to learn karate, but it's not for the purpose of beating anyone up. It's only for defense, never for offense. Right. And, and, then, then, do a- and then one of the kids goes, what fun is it if we can't beat each other up? Yeah, that's a really good question, that is actually. A, that, yeah, that's the reason I never took karate. If they're not yeah. going to let me beat somebody up with it, then fuck that. I mean, as soon as you get outside that dojo, you're going to be in the parking lot beating the fuck out of each other, right? Right, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Why else do they rank you in terms of belt colors? Right, exactly, exactly. <laughs> so they may, uh, the master makes them do a really ridiculous pledge about uh, remaining loyal to the code of the warrior, whatever the <laughs> fuck that's supposed to be. I think I wrote some of that down. Yeah, karate is for defense, never offense. I promise to respect my teachers, and I don't know. It just goes on and on in that sort of vein. And then they're interrupted by a fight. <laughs> yes, right. And because Blade would never use his skills for offense, he goes out... <laughs> And <laughs> immediately tries to beat up these two yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, I guess, like, th- uh, this is the first time that we see, uh, and that's all it is. There's some uh, some older drug dealers, theoretically, beating up a kid, and yeah. he runs out and scares them off. And then uh, uh, the police show up, and one of the officers lectures Ste- Blade Steel about going after the criminals. So there's the idea that there's some sort of tension here where, where Blade is like this renegade. Yeah, immediately there's tension because because this guy decided to interrupt a fight that was happening on like on community center property. And Blade is immediately treated like a hero, even though all he did was say, get him out of here, and <laughs> they ran off. You know what my favorite part of that whole scene is? Is the car that they escape in. Because it's, <laughs> it's either like a Volvo or a Saab, and it's just like, it's so out of place. It's, oh man. But I guess I guess they were thinking of safety, I don't know, whatever. Sure, sure. And Linda, the school teacher from earlier, she wasn't too impressed with him. You know, he's just a player or whatever. Uh-huh. But now... She's seen him yell at some kids, <laughs> <laughs> and she tells him about this drug, but uh, she's not worried about it. She used to be really scared about it, probably possible drive-by shootings, <laughs> but not anymore because, uh, because why? But we won't have to worry about it anymore. Why is that? Because there's a new sheriff in town, and his name is Blade Steele. There's a new sheriff in town, and his name is Blade Steele. His name is Hector Machete. He's he's gone through one training session of karate. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, th- there's only the idea is that he, he has to go see these kids every day of the week, I suppose. Yeah. So, th- I mean, the suggestion is it's been a very short amount of time he's been learning martial arts. This is the first time he's done anything. This is the first day he's connected with these kids on any level. Linda loves him now, and also she thinks that he's going to be her hero. It's true. He is. Uh, when Hector finds out these kids ran away, Hector Machete. He gets very upset and very Hispanic, mm-hmm. and uh, Hector he tells does, Hector does something regularly that that cracks me up every time, and it's one of those little ridiculous things that they tend to do with Hispanic characters all the time. 
uh, and I've never, ever met a Hispanic person who talks like this, where they'll say something in English and then immediately yeah. translate it into Spanish. Yeah. Yeah, he does that a lot. Yeah. I love that they accidentally let slip that, uh, aside from Blade Steel, who is a football player and also a massively huge person, yeah. that the other person who was attacking them was a blind guy. <laughs> and he flips out. He flips out. He goes, tell me he wasn't a singer. <laughs> And then he keeps referring, he keeps referring to Blade Steel as a Don Johnson looking guy. What does he call him? He calls him like a fake tan something. <laughs> fake tan Don Johnson. And then he stops. He goes, "Did they cancel that show?" He calls this it. Is he, oh, here you go. He calls. He calls him you fake suntan guy. <laughs> fake suntan guy. Brilliant. Uh, most of the transitions from scenes from this point forward involve the screen spinning. Like in uh, like a demo uh, of of editing software that right. you might get. Right, right. <laughs> it looks so ridiculous because it was already pre-programmed. So they're like, "Bloop, done." <laughs> so uh, we can see at this point that Steel is not quite uh, left behind his old ways because nope. we go to his apartment. I know this is your favorite scene in the film. <laughs> I do like this scene a lot. He's entertaining. <laughs> he's entertaining a young lady. Uh, the the token bimbo. Which, which can I just say for the record, she's not the token bimbo. No, and also, I feel like the the term bimbo... Oh, God. ...was something used a lot in the early 90s that not only is it a kind of offensive, it's just a really stupid word. No, it is an incredibly stupid word. You know, I, I, you know me, I couldn't care less of how offensive it is, but, sure. but it is an incredibly stupid term. I mean, the suggestion here that she's some sort of dumb blonde, right? Right. right. But but she's a bimbo, and he's teaching her football moves as an excuse to push his groin up against her. Yeah. The only time I like bimbos is when it involves some kind of dance-a-thon of death or slimeball bolorama. Or if they're prehistoric. Yeah, or if they're prehistoric. <laughs> or BC. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, uh, he's go- he's about to get lucky. Uh, Blade Steel is when uh, when the master arrives. I love being a football player. Hello, everybody. (laughs) Oh, Master, you scamp. At this point, Master is the wacky neighbor in some sort of sitcom. Yeah, yeah, he, he, no, he becomes comic relief, basically. Yeah, he absolutely does. Uh, And this is like the turning point of that where (laughs) Blade is just about to get lucky and he comes in. Hello, everybody. (laughs) He's literally, he's literally got a woman in doggy style. Yes. He's a second away from penetration and the master walks in and, uh, hold on. I love being a football player. Want to play it again? Hello, everybody. I like the music (laughs) in the background. Like he magically appeared. Yeah, he really does, too, because he just appears in a doorway. Yeah. It's not like he opens a door or anything. Right, right. There's no doorbell or anything like that. He just shows up. Uh, this bimbo, uh, who is uh, beyond idiotic, right. uh, when, when the master and uh, Blade say that they have to train, she says, I love trains. My note here <laughs> is that this gal named Becky, it says, Becky is a fucking idiot. <laughs> <laughs> and by the way, it's a good thing that they were going to start to train because uh, a lot of bad guys show up in the apartment. They just appear, just yeah. like it mustn't mustn't have a good security system for a football. Well, I player. love how I love how he says he basically says you can get attacked at any time, and yes. then they're immediately attacked. And they, of course, beat up these guys very easily. Yeah. 
<laughs> also, I love the end of this scene. Where they miss the high five? They, they miss a high five, which is such a terrible blind gag, but it, it did make me laugh. And they do it like six times. Yes. They miss high fives like, I don't know, every other scene. Like basically during every training montage <laughs> from here on out, they miss a high five. So that's probably that's probably like seven more times. Then. It starts to get mean that Blade would even go for a high five. Right, exactly. exactly. <laughs> How does he know he's going for a high five? <laughs> well, I like I like when like later later though they they, they it seems like they work out a, a system where he'll snap his fingers and yes. you know so he has like this Pavlovian response to go for a high five when he snaps <laughs> his fingers. Uh, this leads right into another training montage, right. by the way. Yes. Because it's been, I think, about seven or eight minutes. And this is actually sort of a training montage. This also has a training montage in a training montage. Yes. It does transition into a different training montage. That's my with- favorite part, is how it goes from a training montage to a different training montage. One of these training montages involves him uh, training, and one in well, training with the kids, and one of them is kind of him bonding with the kids. Right. And the one with him bonding shows all the kids kicking. While wearing sunglasses, because it's 1990-whatever. Four. Sunglasses are, well, maybe earlier. (laughs) (laughs) Two. And uh, also, it shows him reading from a children's book with a little girl on his knee, just to show that, hey, he's just, he's a regular guy. No, He's He's teaching him things that aren't karate. No, no, no. He's picking her up. Oh, is he? Yeah. Yeah, that's his thing, because she she would have been part of that. Because she's about that age. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, Dwight. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I know. Yeah, I... uh, uh, allegedly. <laughs> yes, right? Well, uh, this uh, the music during the sequence is... you got to hear it. Hey, Blade, I'm learning karate. So you have to imagine while this is happening, there's like... Uh, kids running around, and there's uh, kids kicking at uh, Blade's hand. Some, some football player keeps them entirely unsupervised. Right, right. Right? Yeah. <laughs> and the suggestion, by the way, and this is suggested later on, is that a, a person who's doing, uh, after like a rest, who has to do public service, they are just told to do it but not given any instruction at all. Right, right. No, none whatsoever. <laughs> I did grab about a minute of this, so I'm going to let yeah, it go to the end because this is the greatest music ever. And this- you could just... I mean, it just it just loops anyway. Yeah, this mu- this montage scene. Now, keep in mind, this is the second half. This is the music from the second half of the montage. Yeah, the first half of the montage. The first montage uh, <laughs> is a different music. But so we have about four minutes of the first montage, and then this music. Imagine that music that was just playing <laughs> for like five and a half minutes straight. Like it's brain like damaging. Like you yes. want to kill something? Yeah, yeah. It's it, and of course it's it. I mean, it's at least this one has a purpose, which is supposed to show how, that that Blade is bonding with the kids. Right. That he's now really the person that Linda already thought he was. In that right, 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 right. <laughs> uh, so then we go to the police station, and the sergeant uh, in front of the Dare Banner. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we learn a little bit about what's going on in terms of background that this drug ring started in Vegas. Maybe oh, this is this, this is the scene. Out. This is the scene where the two cops are literally just reading their lines out of a three-ring yeah. binder. Oh, absolutely, yeah. yeah. And these are got to be real cops because there's just, I mean, they're this is awful. Yes, uh, and we learn that Machete is a uh, 
he works for a guy named Carmine. I don't know why all this background stuff. We never really. It doesn't go anywhere. It doesn't matter. Like yeah, bas- basically, we, all it says is is that at the end of the movie, when they defeat Machete, that it doesn't matter. Yes. Well, it is setting up a sequel. As, as oh right. Huh. <laughs> I'm, I'm still waiting for that. Dwight Clark's still around. <laughs> sure. uh, so Machete, he likes to hang out at a uh, a club, I guess, called DC Coopers, and uh, and the the sergeant says he's going to pay him a visit. Whoopty goddamn do. I wonder if the DC in DC Coopers stands for Dwight Clark. <gasps> Maybe. How many Dwight? How many restaurants did Dwight Dwight? Because I didn't even put that together until you just said it. Yeah, and this one, this one's like more of a nightclub than it is a restaurant. But w- what Mo is saying will make a little bit more sense in just a few minutes. Yeah, in yeah, fact, yeah. Just a few minutes. Yeah. Uh, so Linda, uh, back at the school, uh, she, you know, she's sees that that Blade has made some changes in his life. In fact, he says that he says I've made some changes in his life. <laughs> he's he's abandoned alcohol and promiscuous sex, all the stuff that makes being an athlete worthwhile and being um, a man worthwhile. Yeah. And because she's seen it over the past, I guess, four days, <laughs> she asks him on a date, yeah. what are we living in some sort of crazy world? I'm telling you, this is the future. A woman asking a man out on that a date? That is unheard of. Highly irregular. And but, the he, question, but, but where does she suggest they go? Well, you know, there's a lot of places uh, that they San, San Francisco has a lot of really great restaurants. They're really, yeah. really well known for their food. Sure. I mean, especially the Mission District. They have those amazing burritos that are like the size of your head. Right. Um, right. You know, that... No, no, Mo, fuck that. <laughs> fuck that because hmm. she already has – she knows where they're going to go. She they're going to go knows. to Clark's by the Bay. Hmm. Clark's by the Bay. Isn't Clark. that the place run by that ridiculous football player? Dwight Clark, I wouldn't know if that was the case, except reservation information scrolls across the bottom <laughs> of the goddamn screen. Can I can I tell you that when when that happened the first time I watched this movie, the first thing we did was grabbed the telephone and called that number. <laughs> um, well, I, I looked up. I, the... I can tell you that as of uh, 1998, uh, a, f- a mere four years after this film came out. Uh, it had not. It, it was no longer in service. I, when I looked up the name of this restaurant, I found a message board where people were saying, "Whatever happened to that restaurant?" <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes. Uh, in case we haven't uh, suggested it enough, Dwight Clark's restaurant, uh, DC. Which I can't believe he put his own name. I guess you know you're using it for the promotional aspect. They go to his own restaurant, right. and they actually go to it in the movie. Yeah. Which we'll uh, we'll see that in a second. I love so, how it says shameless endorsement right yeah, on the bottom of the Yeah, it says shameless screen. endorsement. I mean, it's a big joke, so we can't get too upset about no, it. No, that's the, that's the thing that this film does the best is like the self-depreciating humor, you know. Yes. Uh, I mean, it fails on so many other fronts, but, but that they do a good job with. Yeah, they know what <laughs> they know they're not making a, a, a strong piece of art. Right? <laughs> so Machete, uh, is he's still upset even though we haven't really seen anything happen since the last time he was upset. Um, and he's decided that in order to combat Blade Steel and his gang of martial arts children, he's going to get his own martial arts experts. Right. He's gathered a group of ex-football players who were too rough for the sport. Can, can, we, can we comment on the outfit that Stone is wearing in this scene? <laughs> I, my note says, Stone is wearing ridiculous bodybuilding clothes. <laughs> Well, it's more than that. It's more yes, than that. It, he's wearing he's wearing Zubaz pants. 
and a fucking muscle sweatshirt yeah. tucked in. <laughs> now, normally, what these Stone. muscle guys tend to do, and because I've seen all the Barbarian Brothers films, I know that this is what they do. They tend to wear the Zubaz pants with cut-off sweatshirts. Mm-hmm. You know? Uh, and that's fine. That look is still ridiculous, but at least it's a look. Yeah, and it's a recognizable bodybuilder right. For bodybuilders. For bodybuilders. Stone, who we have established, not a bodybuilder, <laughs> has his sweatshirt tucked in to his Zubaz pants. I want to say yeah. this again. Sweatshirt tucked in to Zubaz pants. Now, if you want to know what that looks like, just head yourself over to uh, our No Budget Nightmares group on Facebook because there is a picture waiting for you. Yes, it's 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 an astounding picture. It's really <laughs> ridiculous. So Machete has gathered a group of ex-football players who are too rough for the sport, right. and they are known as... The Turf Ninjas! The Turf Ninjas. And the Turf Ninjas have special powers in that they can, like, teleport around. The they Turf don't... Ninjas have special powers in that they can look... Almost as stupid as Stone looks in his sweatshirt and tucked in Zubaz pants. They're wearing like do rags and yeah. football gear. Well, for they're, some they're wearing they're they're wearing like blue and green like gi tops. Yes, tucked oh. over top of football gear. Over top of football gear, <laughs> tucked into black sweatpants with a black belt. Yes, it's idiotic. It, they can barely move. They can teleport around, but they never use that to their advantage in right. any way. Uh, I, I have to tell, I have, to, I have to give some credit where it's due. For as encumbered as they are, they do. Yeah, you're right. Manage they're pretty to, mobile. Yeah, they're pretty, pretty surprisingly mobile. Uh, as as Machete says, <laughs> they can run, they can yump, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they can do karate just like I want you guys to do. <laughs> they can run, <laughs> they can yump. Uh, and I guess uh, usually by the way this movie has been cutting back and forth between like bad guys good guys this time we go right back to Machete as the sergeant comes in to visit him this is this is is my favorite cut in the the entire movie where they cut to him and the whole group he's with is just laughing I mean just laughing 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 and Machete's yelling I love these guys like (laughs) over and over again like he it, he must yell it like six times before before uh, who is it the Sarge comes in yeah Sergeant yeah. comes in Aunt Nelly Aunt Nelly comes in and Aunt Nelly's pissed because he knows that uh, Machete is uh, responsible for all the drugs that are around. right he goes uh, how nice to meet the slime that's been clogging my precinct <laughs> and there's a little back and forth the dialogue is idiotic yeah it's, uh, but it's exactly but what you would expect but Antonelli uh, says to him oh no no I'm sorry Magente says to him I'm throwing a little party any law against that and it's this is the best response ever because the line delivery is so bad with all these thugs, Machete, what are you trying to do? Start a football team or something? Oh, I got the whole thing. No, we're having a little party. Is there a law against that? No, no law at all. But if I find any dirt on you, I'll come down so hard on you, you'll never get up. Oh, I'm glad I got that whole thing. <laughs> he goes, he goes, Is there a law against that? No. no there's not. <laughs> there's no law at all. <laughs> oh, oh, 
okay then. <laughs> well, just as you're recovering from that scene, we are at Clark's by the Bay. Just uh, yeah. Oh God. You know it is because there's a close-up of the sign. Clark's and uh, it's, uh, you know, back in 1994, there was nothing more popular at your restaurant restaurant slash nightclub than to have a karaoke. <laughs> than Asian karaoke. Actually, I don't think they call it a karaoke. I think they call it an Asian sing-along. Yeah, it's very strange because they're singing a song uh, in Chinese, right? Yeah, in, in one of the many Asian languages. <laughs> I would assume Chinese. It sounds I believe Chinese. It's, I believe it's Chinese yeah. in this case. So there's two people in this club... Or this restaurant, sorry. It's a restaurant. There's two people in this restaurant singing a Chinese song for no perceivable reason. Yeah. They actually sound because pretty it's good. it's a Chinese sing-along. Yeah, it's they, fine. Yeah, they sounded good. Well, it certainly they'll sound good compared to what's <laughs> What's coming come. next? <laughs> <laughs> I love when they walk in. When they walk in, uh, Blade immediately says, don't ask me to sing. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Which, so, of course... Uh, a few minutes after he sat down on a date, his first date with this woman that he's interested in, yeah. the master shows up. And, and starts hamming it up. <laughs> yeah, but he super hams it up. Ugh. And uh, and then he says, Braid. <laughs> Braid. <laughs> he wants him to come up and sing a song. Uh, mean, of course, meanwhile, like Stone is there, like behind yes. the singers, like glaring at Blade. And then uh, I'm not going to play this whole thing. I did actually grab the entire I'll song. Play the whole thing. Let's listen to it. All right, we'll play. The, I'll play the whole thing. No, well, yeah, because we, we we can talk. Well, I'll play until they until we start getting fighting noises in the background. Right. Ladies and gentlemen, Meg Steele. Yeah. No way. No way. I like how he just happens to know the song. Like, well, like I know the song. Like the master is playing. And that's, which is the only instrument on the stage. This song, by the way, is uh, a real song. Yeah. It's a uh, 25-mile you know uh, Which I never heard of, but... It's like a soul funk song. I mean, it's, it's a, you know... Like white blood. So, so you have back-up singers. <laughs> yeah, imagine this, if you will. <laughs> and... Have Dwight Clark singing in front of them, this massive football player, yep. with the master sitting at the keyboards, sometimes playing backwards. Yeah, barely touching anything. Like I've told you, I've talked about how uh, showing in- people playing instruments when they clearly don't know how to play uh, is one of my favorite things in movies ever. And in this particular case, watching, you can hear in the background here, they're like punching going on. Uh, Blade is fighting the bad guys while he's singing. In other rooms. In other rooms, yeah. Thank goodness it's a wireless mic. And by the way, what we're saying right now, you're probably thinking, okay, so that's kind of funny. He's got the microphone, he's singing while he's fighting. Barely got it back, like opening to the words. Well, by the time, yeah, I was gonna say, by the time you get to the end of the song, he's given up entirely on pretending that he's singing. Yeah, he's just holding a microphone while yeah. he's fighting. Ridiculous. It is. I mean, it's it's not. I was gonna say it's horrible. It's not horrible. It's actually really funny, but it's not funny for the reasons that they necessarily want to be. Right, right. But he's just beating the shit out of all these guys. Who are not showing as much of a threat, right? I mean, that's kind of the, the lowest threat level possible that you can actually sing a song for an appreciated crowd right, right. while you're beating up people. 
And the master does not help really at all. Well, he can't because he's too busy aiming it up on the keyboard. And by the way, it's a full song. Right? Yeah, it's a full song. They, they end the song. It's a full three. Wow. There's, some, there's like a, a lot of licensed music in the background. I don't know how they could have afforded that. Right, right. Like, I wonder if there's, I wonder if there's like a loophole that you can use music if it's for like, like, like if it's part of like, what do they call it? That, um, what do they call it when you when you can legally use fair use? Yeah, when the I wonder if it's like some loophole in the fair use. I mean, in uh, in yeah. the closing credits, there's a music licensing thank you. True. Uh, so I, I imagine they just had there was a person who knew a person. I mean, you know, all these football players, maybe who knows, right? Yeah, right. Well, let's getting away from this date. Oh, by the way, during that date, his girlfriend was kidnapped, and then he fought and brought her back. Yeah. So she would normally be, I guess, traumatized by something like that. But no, she's okay with it. Yeah. She's she's cool. She recognizes that he well he is a hero of hers. Right. <laughs> He's totally getting laid. Or at least the old blade steel would have gotten laid, right? Because but, but this, has... this blade steel, I think, cares way more about kids. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. In not a and, in know, not a creepy way. Not like the old yeah. blade who cared only about kids in the creepiest yeah. of ways. Yeah, exactly, and yeah, that's exactly right. <laughs> well, back back to the police office. Remember when I uh, mentioned earlier that the police seemed a little corrupt? Right. Well, now we now we know why, because Aunt Nellie, who I guess they felt like he didn't have enough to do. He's been re- uh, the mayor has requested a audience. Oh, you mean Mayor Crookalini? Crookalini. Well, th- I mean, <laughs> it's hard to make fun of mayors being crooks here in Canada. Nah. <laughs> I wish Rob Ford would change his name to Crookalini. At should. least we would know exactly what he's up to. Right. Well, Mayor Crookalini managed to get managed to get elected um, when they announced to. Antonelli, that he, that the mayor wants to talk to him, the group of cops that are with him go, ooh, <laughs> 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 ooh, the mayor. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's like you almost you almost think for a second that like they're saying like like uh, if if you hadn't heard what had been said before, you almost think like he'd been asking that girl out on a date and she said right. no or something, you know? Yeah, especially exactly. the way he responds too. He's like, oh, guys, give it up, you know? So the mayor tells him to back off. Yeah. That uh, because he's 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 a crook because his name is Crookalini. Right. That said, it looks like the whole city is very clean and well managed. So maybe Crookalini has a lot more going on for him. Right. That we don't get to see. I just wanted to, you know, maybe he brought the taxes down. Right. <laughs> so who cares what he does on his spare time? He cleaned the water. He made the trains that's, run that's on time. Super, that's exactly right. But you know what we've uh, been missing? You know what we've been missing out a lot of lately. I know. And I, I know I, it. There's something that 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 really needs to happen. Yes. And it needs to happen right now. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking we need a training montage. Another training montage? I think I think we need another training montage. It's been too long. It's been too since long. the last time. We're yeah. almost. By the way, we're almost an hour into the movie. It's been it's been almost a full three minutes since that entire song got played. <laughs> and that was certainly wasn't a padding. No, that wasn't padding at all. Because <laughs> he had a fight during it. Yeah, exactly. Well, now we get a training montage. This time, like he trains on a bridge, and it's a, uh, the sunset in the background, and um, I guess he's getting really good at martial arts. Well, at this, yeah, yeah, and the and the funny thing is that we don't realize how long it's actually been because, like, they never give you any idea until no. the next day. We know that it's within a ninety day period that this whole thing is taking place, right? Right, but that's all we really know. Yeah. <laughs> um, but but this training montage is important because it brings us to the peak 
of Blade's kind of rebirth. At this point, he's basically has done it. Uh, he he recognizes that he likes his new life better. Yep. That 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 old life of, uh, again, all that fun stuff. Yeah. That's gone. Now he's like Hogan in the eighties. You know, he's yeah. gonna eat his vitamins. He's gonna <laughs> go say his prayers, use his, eat his vitamins. And what are you gonna do, brother, when the biggest arms in wrestling run wild on you? Yeah. He's got 23-inch pythons. And he's <laughs> he's got 23-inch pythons. <laughs> yeah. uh, and in fact, uh, we know that he has kind of reached his peak because even the master recognizes it. Right. Because the master, of course, because now they spend every minute together, the mm-hmm. master the master ex- sort of explains to him that tomorrow's his last day. He can go back to his old ways, you know. Uh, and actually, the way the master says it, too, I kind of wish I had actually grabbed that audio because it's pretty funny. He goes... You know, anyway. Um, and he says, no, no, I like my new life better. And the master says to him. Right. You're number one. I'm proud of you. Hey, thanks, man. <laughs> In an audio. Blade, you're number one. Yeah. <laughs> Blade, you're number one. <laughs> everyone talks. Everyone talks like, uh, like a cutscene from like an early 90s video game. Right, right. <laughs> You're number one. Yeah, like 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 in that scene, you're basically wait like you can feel the person waiting for the for the player to hit the A button to say the <laughs> next line. Yeah. Do, 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 do. This, this is the end of his community service, by the way. His ninety days are up. His ninety days are up. Tomorrow's yeah. the last day. It all worked out. He trained right up to the end of it. Uh, he goes the next day. He he sees the kids and they all give him like written cards. It's so sweet. Yeah, they give him presents and cards and stuff. They hug him. And they right. ask him if he's going to come back. Right. I mean, he doesn't seem concerned about the fact that when he's gone, all that criminal element will just return. Right. Because, of course, they would. Right? It's immediately. And, I mean, Machete is watching him leave. Yeah. He's ready. He's ready to get rid of that fake suntan guy. <laughs> he, goes, he goes, adios, Mr. Steel, fake, you fake suntan guy. <laughs> and as soon as Steel leaves... The gang just takes over the community center. We get a montage. We get... A montage. A montage of badness. Yeah, this is the bad guy montage this time. Yes. Which is great, right. too. This is actually my favorite montage in the entire movie because instead of all the good guys training, this is the bad guys training. Yes. You know, we show Machete, uh, Machete collecting money. He's lifting weights. He's breaking boards. You know, his gang is training. Well, he's got the turf ninjas on his side, so I imagine he's actually things are even worse than they were before. Right. Yeah, and they really are. And this uh, is also the scene where we learn that Stone is one Hairy motherfucker. Dude's, dude is uh, hairy. <laughs> he is hairy. <laughs> now, Blade, he he doesn't even know what's happening because yeah. he's moving back to his old life to some extent. He's cleaned up a little, yeah. but he's back in his apartment. <laughs> we see his bed, and next to the bed are two important things. One, a 49ers helmet. Gold Rush. Gold Rush, of course, even though it says 49 Even though it says 49 right on the side. And a can of Coca-Cola, which he keeps next to him at all, all times. times. <laughs> and while in bed, he uh, he reads the card that was given to him from Susie. Right, we students. get a little voiceover of the... Of the... <sighs> and then, of course, and, uh, we get a montage. Yeah, a montage of, of kind of the evolution of his relationship. It's like a flashback montage. Yes, exactly. Just yeah. in case we hadn't watched up to this point, it kind of catches us up that he had a, some sort of relationship with these children, <laughs> not... Not in any way inappropriate. This next scene. 
This next scene is like something out of like a Christian movie. I kind of love this next scene. Me too. I love it. Because it starts off and Blade is obviously in a bar. Yes. Yet he's signing autographs for a group of kids. Yep. Kids in a bar. Kids in a bar. he's next to a bar. Yeah. So, I mean. So, it's not like you can even say, oh, well, maybe it's just a restaurant with a bar attached to it. No, no, no. He's sitting at the bar. And of course, he's ignoring all the women. And like there are women who are who are like right over his shoulder. Yeah, they're trying to get his attention, and they're getting more. Like these women are awful. Yeah, <laughs> and they're like yeah, trying to get his attention. They're actively trying to get him. There's only a small group of kids. Yeah, they're trying they to get him to leave the minutes. kids, <laughs> and they just up and leave. They're like, I'm done. So he's soaking in the affection yeah. of these children, and then so his friend, his friend Ed shows up. Ed is awesome. Ed's, Ed's great. got Monique and Cherry with him. Yeah, which is really funny because like he's walking up to him like like they're his dates, and he's like, "Here's yeah. my hey, look, I brought my cousins." Yeah. Wow. And he's he's basically offering them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not even blade. subtle. But uh, but they get very frustrated when he doesn't immediately spring to action and start. I love them. <laughs> I love how Blade kind of almost turns into like an Asperger's sufferer, you know? Yeah, he doesn't even recognize yeah, like... no social cues being recognized here. Ed obviously wants him to bang one of these broads. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, oh, see you later, Ed. He's like, oh, I don't have my book of facial expressions. I have no idea what you're talking about. You know, it's, it's, oh my God, but I love it. I, he becomes like, uh, like, I don't know, like a nun. <laughs> And he doesn't even drink beer anymore. No, no. This is the really... one time he's not drinking uh, Coke. He's actually mentions that he's drinking iced tea. I'm drinking iced tea. But of course, you know he's dr- he's got to be drinking like Nest tea or whatever the one that Coca Cola <laughs> owns. And I'm sure that they love this guy coming to the bar and just drinking fucking iced tea all day <laughs> <laughs> and signing autographs for kids and things in are the bar. Pretty, pretty good in the life of Blade Steel until he looks up and sees a news report about fucking bullets ringing Did, into the classroom windows there's um there the one of the guys who the guy with the mustache who he talks uh-huh. to right before he sees the uh, the news report uh, i think almost calls him dwight <laughs> <laughs> hey D- blade yeah i think i think he calls him delayed <laughs> But no, there was a drive. Sorry, <laughs> go ahead. There, there was a drive-by shooting at the school, uh, of kindergartners. Remember, uh, and that sounds horrific. I mean, Blade runs off as as he would, but the news broadcast might have been a little bit exploitative in how it described what happened. Right. Because the suggestion was that a teacher was shot. Kids are all nursing wounds. I mean, these are gunshot wounds. So there's probably like brain matter all over the walls. Kids <laughs> dead all over Gross. the place. He gets there. And the kids are getting <laughs> the kids. There's like a couple of like bandages and some gauze. And Linda, who was shot in the arm, she's fine. She's fine. She, she's okay. Yeah. She just she's wrapped up a little bit. She's, eh, <laughs> shit happens. She's like, I'm all right. So this is the first time that we see the sergeant and Blade really have a significant confrontation of any sort. Because right. the sergeant is there looking after all of these potentially dead children. Yeah. <laughs> So, uh, so he sh- he sh- kind of shares his condolences uh, for the fact that Linda got shot. Miss uh, Steele, sorry about your friend. She's more than a friend. She's more than a friend. She isn't just one of those bimbos. No. Okay. 
Okay, Aunt Nellie, she's more than a friend. She's a she's good people. She's his woman lover. Right. Okay, just like God wanted oh God. man and woman to <laughs> like like they're not gonna fuck, but they're gonna you know hang out and have a malt or whatever the fuck people do. Right. It's it, it's fact. It's it's a fact that they're not gonna have sex because they'll get married in three years. Right. And maybe if they both are feeling it that night. Ugh. I mean, he'll probably be in his 40s, but whatever. Uh, he'll, he'll knock boots. He'll be well past his prime. Yes. Well past <laughs> the prime of Blade Steel. <laughs> uh, so Blade is upset. He's pissed. Right. right? And if he says to the sergeant that if he can't take care of things, he will. He, in this case, meaning Blade. <laughs> it's, it's personal. <laughs> now, again, this is, makes the police look incredibly ineffective. They right. know exactly who's responsible for this. They're shooting at children. Right, but they, they, and 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 Nelly's making excuses and everything. It's like, hey, you stay out of this. It's like you're not doing anything. But you know what we need now? <laughs> what? I think we need another training montage. But I can't remember. Does the training montage? No, but yes, that's right. There's more working out. Right. Because the master shows up wearing a leather jacket for some reason. Yes. And he says to like, I understand you're at war with Machete. <laughs> <laughs> That's the word on the street, eh, Master? Right. <laughs> and as they're working out, the sergeant shows up again, because I guess he didn't have the last word last time. And he's, like, like applauding sarcastically. And uh, Blade is, I mean, he's training because he's going to confront Machete. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this leads to an exchange, which is, I, I, in retrospect, we should have grabbed this one, too. But it's almost better just for us to play it out. Right, right. Which, which is that uh, <laughs> Blade... Blade goes, because uh, he's talking about he's going to go and, and take care of Machete. He goes, I'll find out trying. And the response from the sergeant is, no, you'll find out dying. <laughs> 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 oh, why did I set him up like that? Man. <laughs> uh, and then, but the sergeant, in this case, he wants to work with Blade. He's going to, uh, he says that he can get him to Machete, and, uh, but they need to catch him red-handed or otherwise they can't do anything. None yeah, of that makes any sense. It makes no at sense all. at all. I don't know no. why that. You know, whatever. But the mayor, the mayor's holding back the police. Just nah. like in your town, if nothing is being done about crime, it's because of the fucking mayor. <laughs> I'll find out trying. <laughs> <laughs> You'll find out no. dying. You'll find out dying. <gasps> Damn it! <laughs> he got me. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So where were we at? The, uh... It was right after that scene. Where okay. Now the he has to confront Machete right, at his right, uh, right. big factory place. <laughs> so yeah, at this point, basically, it starts off with with uh, Machete kind of handing out pack. I'm assuming packages of drugs. It's just right? he's basically just handing people these giant boxes. Uh, and of course, Blade shows up with the master, and they well, and, and they get the, sur- the the turf. I was about to say surf ninjas. Uh, <laughs> the turf ninjas uh, set upon them. Uh, now, when Machete, by the way, before they come in, Machete, he's not only passing out drugs, he's also lecturing about how school is unnecessary. Right, right. <laughs> Just in case you didn't know that he was bad. Yeah, he's a he's a real <laughs> pleasant guy. <laughs> that Machete. This uh, appears to be a factory that produces drugs and cardboard boxes. Right, because that's because they are everywhere. Yeah, <laughs> this is a this is so strange because it's a lot of different gags uh, with the master and and uh, Blade fighting these bad guys. There's a part when the master first arrives; he has two children with him. 
Yeah. How Very disturbing was that? Really strange, really disturbing. By the way, there are police outside because this is a drug dealer den. Right. Of people with guns. But right? no So he takes But no police he, coming in. Yes, because they can't. They're not allowed. Right. They gotta catch they have to have this football player <laughs> catch them uh red handed. Uh so he takes these kids and he picks them up in his hand and swings them around as weapons. Right. Which is straight out of three ninjas. Yeah, he does that, by the way. Yeah. And he hits these two bad guys, and then he tells the kids to go away. Right. <laughs> after, after this one thing. You're my one, you're my one use weapon, now go away. Now, people are getting kicked into boxes left and right because that's fun. It is fun. Uh, and, and, of course, Machete's regular people, they're all useless. But then the <laughs> turf ninjas appear. Finally, we get to see them in action. Yeah, and they're pretty useless, too. Yeah, they can. They have the ability to teleport, but uh, they uh, don't use that right. uh, for any purpose at all. They are immediately beaten. Yeah, the, the, yeah. Basically, the master takes them out. Po- There's a part where the master is hiding amongst these colored parachutes. Yeah, you know what those, you know what those are. Those are those. I, yeah, I guess that's the right name for the parachutes. Yeah, where they you would lift them up and then yeah, tuck and them hide on, underneath yeah. them with like a bunch of people in like high school and yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. Maybe put a bunch of balls in the middle. I never once did that in high school, but sure. No balls, balls. <laughs> uh, now, the most amazing thing. There's lots of really crazy stuff that happens here, but the most amazing thing is the decision to punctuate certain moments of these fight scenes with slow motion. Right. Now we've seen this, right? I mean, of course, most notably through the action films of uh, John Woo, right, uh, or, or Sam Peckinpah, right? Sure. There's slow motion to very, uh, very intense effect. Here, it's done in a pretty unique way. <laughs> well, yeah, because it became, you know, it became pretty obvious uh, that pretty obvious. pretty obvious that whoever um, was running the camera had no idea how to do slow motion. Yeah, yeah, no kidding. Right. So they accomplished it in a uh, let's say a little bit more of a primitive fashion. Right. That is to say that in in the one. It's the most obvious one. Seriously? The most obvious one be, <laughs> being they uh, that... Who, who is it? Is it Stone and... Uh, and it's Blade and Stone. Blade and Stone the most are obvious. both swinging punches at each other. Uh, they cut in close, and basically <laughs> it's just the two of them moving in slow motion. <laughs> they throw a punch in slow motion, okay, and they move their hands slowly, yeah. and they kind of... Push it against the guy's face yeah. as he reacts in slow motion. I put an animated gif of this. I love that our, gif. Our, that thing and, is brilliant. Uh, I mean, it's it's it looks. <laughs> you, however, if you haven't seen this, by the way, Kindergarten Ninja is available to watch on YouTube legally, and we have a link for that on our Facebook page. Love it when they're available legally. Yes, and this one's only recently been made available legally. Yeah, over weird timing. Yeah. So so, but the, this this. <laughs> The idea that they thought that this could possibly look good in any way. It and then kept so it in. Ridiculous. They're like, oh, we did it. Might as well keep it in. And it's great because they obviously didn't need to do it because no. they cut in just for that one slow motion punch right. and then go back out again. <laughs> so in this case, Blade almost gets his butt kicked uh, temporarily. But then, hey, remember Bruce Lee? <laughs> <laughs> He's been gone for three quarters of the movie. Right. Suddenly he has his Obi-Wan Kenobi moment and tells him to believe. Oh, is that what he says? Because I couldn't yeah. understand a damn thing he said. 
He says believe because that's what he says at the very beginning of the movie too. Oh, yeah, I guess. Uh, and then Blade gets his second win and beats the shit out of Stone because Stone is just some fat dude who with a lot of hair right. about himself. Um, yeah, and then and then not... and then something well, then something weird happens. So we have a little. There's a little bit more fighting. Blah blah blah. But then yes. something weird happens where something like Stone. I, Stone is taken out. Like he goes, yeah. And and Machete runs out and does he stab the master in the back? Oh, does he? I thought he just kind of pushed him before. No, because there's because there's because there's a scene where where the master seems to be down on the floor in like real pain. Oh, and then the ma- and then Machete is attacking Blade with a blade. This this is this is weird for a number of reasons. The other reason that it's kind of bizarre is that. It's not a fair fight at all. It's two against no. one the entire time. The master right. is there, Blade is there. Uh, when it's one on one, it seems like Machete is getting the upper hand constantly until the master holds his arms back and right. they team up on him. Yeah, and they, they have f- to take him out in the cheapest way possible. It's it really doesn't seem very. I mean, not that you need to be that fair against a drug dealer. I guess not. But it just seemed it seems a little one sided. <laughs> and then they flying kick him into a bunch of boxes. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's let's be fair. Blade flying kicks him into a bunch. That's of That's right. Blade shows his uh, his flying kick ability. <laughs> Wow. Uh, and then uh, that's the end of Machete. Or is it? We'll see in a moment because we're back at school. Right. Or at the community center. Right? Yeah. Yeah, we are. There's a dude filing his fingernails. He He's just some guy. I, for a, a second, probation... I thought it was um, Dean Stockwell. Yeah. <laughs> I, I thought for clown. yeah, I, I thought for a <laughs> second that, that, <laughs> that the actor was Dean Stockwell. It wasn't. No, but uh, once he started talking, I'm like, oh, wait, yeah, just some some weird Guido looking dude. Uh, he's a real <laughs> asshole. <laughs> yeah, he's a jerk. The probation officer told him to show up. This is how you would think, by the way, people who are on probation and they have to do community service. He's there. He's bored. He hates the kids. Again, not being not being like 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 shown what to do in any form could right. be molesting children. Who knows? Right. But I guess that's right. just how it right. works. So the kids are like. Yeah. The kids are like, is Mr. Steele ever coming back? And he's like, no. <laughs> Guess what? Guess what? He comes back. He's back. Mr. Steele. He's better goes, than this yeah, guy. I love how he goes, who would have thought? Three months ago, this guy was a mess. It's a miracle. It's a miracle. <laughs> it's officially ding, ding, a miracle because this ding, fucking angel gets his wings. says so, yes. That's right. It's it's a it's it's a wonderful life all over again. <laughs> Bruce Lee gets to become an angel because there must be some advantage to that in uh, heaven. Yes, nice to see that there's a, some sort of system of levels. That you I'm glad to. there's a hierarchy in heaven. I, I would yes. I would hate to think that everybody could just come in and be a, an angel. If you do, if you're not an angel, every morning you have to get up and beat up Elvis and George Washington. <laughs> <laughs> Who would ever want to become an angel if that if that's, that's what you had to do every that's morning? That's right. So, because this is a movie of the early 90s, and because it is ridiculous, we get, uh, I I guess the whole plot took place at some point in the past. Right. Because we get to see cards which tell us what happened to all the characters. I love when they do these little, like, post-log things. Yes. Yeah. So, let's let's go through them. (laughs) Blade retires from football after breaking all of Dwight Clark's old records. Of course. What? And today, he's a police detective, fighting crime, being a hero, and definitely setting up a sequel. Right. Nailed it. 
<laughs> uh, so <laughs> I love Linda's is probably my favorite one. Lin- yes. Linda dated Blade for six months, but it didn't work out. <laughs> yeah. So oh, she okay. moves to Jamaica and starts it's... dating the dating an Elvis impersonator from a local reggae band. So needless, so so of course that just makes me think. So she's dating the lead singer to Dread Zeppelin. Absolutely. Yeah. By the way, the, the Jamaica is spelled wrong. Yeah. This card. Yeah, yeah. It's spelled Jamaica. Jamaica. And for a second, I was like, "Is that somewhere else? Like, is that supposed? <laughs> There's no way that they spelled that wrong." But yeah, they totally did. Well, oh, the problem, she... the problem. There's a real hunger problem in Jamaica. They're all Jamaicaated. <laughs> Very good. Boom. Today, she teaches children. Uh, she te- she teaches children homemaking 101 because she's a woman. Right. Of course. But it's modern times, so she also teaches introduction to pre-college. Of algebra. course. Of course. Bruce uh, Bruce uh, became an angel and does freelance miracle work. Uh, God, but they never show him above his yeah, shoulders. Yeah, they still they, they still joke. make the stupid joke about not being able to see him above the shoulders. My favorite card is Machete's because he serves one year of a ten year sentence, right? Uh, and but he managed to make millions because he sold his story to hard copy, which you can't his, do. No, but uh, somehow he's actually done better than almost every other character. Yeah. that isn't played. He was doing <laughs> better than every other character before. From the drug money, and now he's doing better than every other character now because of his tabloid money. Yeah, he became a millionaire. Yeah, so thanks so, a lot, Blade. Yeah, so he's like a he's a speaker now, and he has a book coming out called "Crime Doesn't Pay, But Tabloids Do." But um, I understand you're Canadian, but I would understand you might know something about American law. You can't do that. You no. can't make money off your crime. Nope. You know, so there's no way he would be able. I mean, if he was making money as being a speaker, that's one thing, but. He would never be able to sell his story and make money off of it. Uh, Aunt Nelly, uh, he managed to get promoted to captain. I guess he got away from that awful mayor. Now he's and, the cap. Uh, he married his college sweetheart, and now they have six children. All I guess girls. in the time period since the beginning, of, the end of this movie, and whenever we're he's been busy. Yes, uh, Stone now sings with a rap band called Body Slam. And they have a hit single called "I Want to Hug You Till You Explode." Oh, I missed that one. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the master regained his sight. Of course. Uh, oh, the, the last card is Becky the Bimbo. Remember Becky? No, 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 no. You're oh, missing wait, the joke right. from the master's one. All right. He starts, he gets his sight back and starts a window coverings uh, operation called The Blind Guys. <laughs> this movie's so fucking dumb. It really is fucking <laughs> stupid. So Becky the Bimbo from earlier, remember she was so stupid? Right. She became a lawyer. And makes wah, millions. Wah. She makes billions. Oh my god! Uh, and it ends with the end for, for now. now. So we are still waiting for Kindergarten Ninja Two. Could be arriving any day now. We don't know. Dying to see Kindergarten Ninja Two, and if they don't make it within the next couple of years, I'm gonna make it. Yes. Well, I mean, we we do know that sometimes uh, films mentioned on this show from say the 1980s get unofficial sequels made every day. Right. There's a whole community around it. Uh, the, the closing credits, which, of course, we do look out for. Uh, there are some outtakes during it. The thing is, when people make mistakes in this movie, it's hard to tell the difference from when they're not making Yeah, I, I actually thought it was kind of cruel to put the blooper reel at the end because the blooper reel stuff is actually sometimes a little better than the stuff they kept in. Just because, you know, they start laughing and they become sort of like real people, <laughs> you know? <laughs> and so it's like, oh, wow, look, like he actually has some talent there. And it's like, oh, wait, no, that's just him being himself. <laughs> the, the best, my favorite blooper 
is it's Aunt Nelly. He's he's and a woman comes up to him with a clipboard and she has to say something. She comes up to him and just goes, goes, uh, 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 uh like <laughs> mental patient. I mean, obviously not a trained actress or yeah. anything like that, but she she's so. <laughs> I mean, can you imagine action? Up, up, up. That would have been me if I if I have, <laughs> if I was ever a, a, an actor in a film. That would be me. I'd be I'd. I mean, even now, I mean, I'm not an actor and I don't have, I don't have lines to remember. And I still, um, 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 all the time. (laughs) Sorry, this poor woman, (laughs) but, but uh, obviously a lot of the people who were in this movie were not, you know, professional actors in any way. So I'd actually kind of wonder how many of them actually were. (laughs) Yeah. Right. Well, that's the funny thing. I mean, if you go on the internet movie database, uh, Almost nobody in this entire cast has. I mean, it, it, you you see name after name after name. This is the only film that they were involved yeah. in in any capacity. Yeah. So this was a this was in a lot of ways. I mean, it certainly fits the mandate of this show. This the budget must have been extremely low. Almost all amateur actors. The the director had some experience doing other things, but um, like as a producer. But right, this is right. only his only directing credit. But this is this is an amateur film. And it looks it. <laughs> yeah. And I, shot I on bet... film. That's the craziest part, too, is that this was shot on film. Yeah. And and and, uh, and it. Um, so, you wonder... know, so, you know, that 90 percent of this budget was just spent on film stock. Yeah. The, the 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 funny thing about it is the the story behind how this was made or how it came together has to be so much more interesting than the movie itself. I, I mean, like, how would you get Dwight Clark? You know, a famous athlete on board. You know, what what, what promises were made? <laughs> what was the expectation? Did he think he was going to be like an action hero? What kind of ass this? kissing did they have to do to get like the product placement deal with Coke? With Coke, right? I mean, I, that's probably where they got all the money for this. Yeah, uh, I love that the the when you go on IMDb, it actually will switch what the user reviews are when you refresh. But the one that was on it when I first went to the the page, its its summary is burn the negatives. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Oh, wow. Just try to explain the plot of this movie to someone. Bruce Lee comes from heaven to teach a football player how to show kids how to get away from drugs and alcohol right. through karate. Right, right, right. It's, uh, it's a fucking – this is a crazy movie. It's insane that it exists in any form. Uh, and I'm so glad that you introduced me to it because this is one of those – bad movies that that don't really get mentioned that often yeah exactly like this is the sort of stuff that i go looking for not intentionally sometimes i'll just i'll happen upon it um i actually bought the same day i bought this i bought another movie called little ninja heroes that uh that could probably also be uh showcased on this show um, I haven't watched it yet, but I, I just always suspected that Kindergarten Ninja and Little Ninja Heroes would be a perfect double feature. Because <laughs> <laughs> I suspect that Little Ninja Heroes, which the cover art for, by the way, is just a small child doing a front kick uh, just on a black background. Um, <laughs> it's one of my favorite boxes ever. Um <laughs> <laughs> uh, Anyway, like I suspect that that movie is what you'd think this movie should have been. That's the thing. When you hear the title Kindergarten Ninja, you probably think it's going to be something like Three Ninjas. Yeah. You know, it's it's going to be something like yeah, where the kids end up taking on a the kids don't do anything right. in this fucking movie. I mean, uh, like you've you've, entirely... seen, you've seen the cover art for this, right? Right? 
Yeah. Where basically it's, it's well, the cover art that I have, it's Dwight Clark in like a red gi doing like a sidekick. Yes. You know, and like there's like kids in the background and, and like the, the, the writing on it is really sort of jovial. And, uh, and you sort of, you expect, like, I definitely got a Three Ninjas vibe mm-hmm. from the title, at least. You know, like you expect there to be, like, a wiser old man who, you know, uh, who teaches these couple of kids how to become ninjas. And this had nothing to do with ninjutsu at all. It had everything no. to do with just, like, karate, and you know? it's this movie's available on DVD. Uh, the DVD cover has a great tagline: "Where discipline becomes a code of honor." Boy, that looks fun. <laughs> yeah, right. Also, Dwight Clark is third credited on the cover of the DVD. <laughs> <laughs> Behind who? Behind uh, Juan Chapa, who's the guy who plays Machete, right, and, right, and George Chung, which I guess must be the guy who plays. Uh, yeah, he's the guy who plays the master. So, uh, and also is the writer of the movie, right? So, so that is bizarre. <laughs> Wow, I mean, this is. Uh, I'm glad that this is available for people to see. It is one of those ones that you kind of really need to see to believe. That's really weird. But in a lot of ways, it's kind of representative of the time it was made. Uh, you know, there was. There's so, there's still something really innocent about this movie. Sure. Uh, I, I I imagine it was made. I would say that it was probably filmed in like 1992 because I usually think of that as the cutoff point where it's like where like that's where the 80s sort of ended, and then everyone got progressively more cynical right, as the rest right. of the decade went along. But there's still something kind of bright, bright and well, you know, it's like um, about this movie. Uh, that's like uh, the early 90s, like party hip hop. You know, like it was still it was still like bright and colorful. Um, yeah, and you're right. Yeah, and and then I think it's house I'd, party. It's not NWA. Right. That's a good analogy. <laughs> <laughs> but th- things are going to go to shit really yeah. quickly. <laughs> yeah, someone's going to get shot or die of AIDS, basically. Yeah, well, I wish that that's how this movie would have ended. <laughs> <laughs> how come they didn't have guns, by the way? Where were all the bad guys with guns? Right. Yeah, I guess you don't think about that so much. Yeah. But uh, Kindergarten Ninja is a movie that has to be seen, and you can see it right now on YouTube. In fact, I recommend that you uh, you do that right this very second. Yeah. No, they should. <laughs> right. Do we have a slight delay on our audio right now? No. Oh, okay. Sorry. It sounded like there was a bit of a pause. Sorry. No, that was just me being pensive. <laughs> pensive. Excellent. Well, that's it. Kindergarten Ninja. It is a great piece of work uh, by talented individuals. Yes, that's and, it. Uh, and it is a remnant of a time period which no longer exists, but that both Mo and myself have uh, a certain amount of fondness for. We are people of spirit. It's our party music. We are You know, when... Uh, when it's Wiscovich, right? That's how Dave's last sure. name is pronounced? <laughs> I really don't know. <laughs> I forget. I apologize again for fucking that up. Yeah, we, ha- shows... we have ruined his name so many times on this show. I'm pretty sure it's Wiscovich. That's in the general realm of what it actually is, as opposed to the name that we called him on the show where we covered Suburban Sasquatch. When he shows up on Facebook and like threads, which has happened sometimes, mm. uh, I feel really bad about that particular, using that song in a 
comical way. <laughs> I, I mean, in my mind, I don't know if it's true. It's like his grandmother, right? Yeah, or yeah. You were saying it was his. Yeah, it's like his grandmother singing. Yeah, right. So that's. I just. It makes me feel bad, even though that's. Yeah, but it's not. But it's not. I mean, yeah, we use it in a comical sense, but it's not like we use it in a cruel or or mean way. We love it. I love it. Love but it. it is so ridiculous. It is. It's great. Actually, I <laughs> actually I was. Uh, I chatted with him briefly on a thread on Facebook not too long ago where I explained to him how uh, <laughs> how uh, the Suburban Sasquatch was the the patron saint of no-budget nightmares. I, I get mean, the impression that he doesn't necessarily get it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, he definitely doesn't understand the love for Suburban Sasquatch. Like, he kept saying how much he hated that movie. <laughs> What's great is, I think in that same thread, and boy, we should go on with this, but uh, I think he mentioned that someone should check out Malevolent Ascent instead, and yeah. uh, let's, I mean, yeah, listen to our episode about Malevolent Ascent. <laughs> it's an interesting movie. I, I would not, if someone gave me the choice between the two, I think I'd pick Suburban Sasquatch. I would too. I mean, not yeah. that I necessarily had anything against Malevolent Ascent, I just liked Suburban Sasquatch better. Sure. Let's be, let's be political about the whole thing. Yeah. Hey, it's we, the return. Hey, of we no weren't we weren't at all political in our episode about it, so whatever. <laughs> this is the return of no budget nightmares. Yes, Mo, it is. We should uh, let's see. Is there anyone that we have to shout out? Um. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I I do. I wanna I wanna give a shout out, and this is personal. I wanna give a shout out to uh, to Mr. Mugumbo, uh, Louis Kugel, uh, from the Traumatic Cinematic Show, because he was uh, very very helpful to me in getting my show uh, back onto uh, you know back onto. Uh, the internet, so to speak, <laughs> and uh, I was about to say back onto so the air. Well, I was going to say back onto the air. I'm like, that doesn't make any fucking sense. And he yeah, and he helped me get my dot com and set it up and everything like that. He's been extremely helpful. Um, so I wanted to, I definitely wanted to thank him uh, at yeah. the at the very least, and uh, and to everybody over on uh, on our group site who's been uh, uh, supportive. You know, and to the six or seven people who hit the "we want more" button on our Potomatic page, which was surprising. <laughs> um, uh, it's 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 been nice to see that that despite our lack of episodes coming out, that 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 group has still re- remained active, and it's going to get a lot more active. Do you know now. we're st- do you know we're still seventy nine or in seventy ninth place on TV and film on Potomatic, even though we haven't done a show in six months. <laughs> Well, it just shows that people are clamoring for more, which, by the I way, I wonder what the episode... Albanians think about us these days. Well, yeah. Man, remember they used to love us? I, su- I think they still <laughs> love us. I still think there's a I, lot I suspect, of love there. I suspect they still love us. Well, uh, people are, uh, who are interested in more No Budget Nightmares are getting a two-hour helping in this particular episode. <laughs> well, there's a lot uh, to cut in this one. Yeah. And Mo, if, if people want to check out more about No Budget Nightmares, what's the best way for them to do so? No, I think the best way would be on Facebook. You can go on to facebook.com slash groups slash No Budget Nightmares. Um, and while it still exists, <laughs> uh, facebook.com slash No Budget Nightmares. Yes, and uh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, again, we're always on there. We're always checking it out. Mo has a uh, infrequently used Twitter account as well. Yeah, uh, yeah, I'm at, I'm at drunk on VHS. I've been using it a lot more recently since uh, right. I started posting things on uh, on drunk on VHS dot com. Mm-hmm. Uh, shameless, you got some writing. Shameless up there. plug. Um, yeah, I've actually done some writing. Surprisingly enough, 
uh, yeah, I have, I have, a, I have a couple of huge projects I'm in the middle of. Um, I've been kind of neglecting for the last week or so just because I've been getting the site up and going and archiving all the old episodes, but yeah, I'm, I'm doing a revisit of all of my old something weirds, uh, <laughs> which is going to take forever. Cause I have like yes. three or 400 of them. So yeah, that's a project. Yeah. That's, it's that's a huge, a it's a huge project. Scale. And I'm actually, uh, I'm actually currently revisiting all of, um, Andy Sedaris's films as well. So oh, nice. Yeah. Very cool. Uh, Mo, of course, has the Drunk on VHS podcast. Uh, I've been on that a couple of times and will be again in the future. Right. But you've lined up all sorts of great guests. I have a ton of really great guests. I mean, like multinational. I mean, I've got a couple of guys from Sweden coming on and, and of course, uh, the UK. This show is multinational. Yeah, this show is multinational. (laughs) But this show is multinational every time. (laughs) You know? Uh, You can find me on Twitter at Doug underscore Tilly. That's T-I-L-L-E-Y. And uh, my own writing is available over at Daily Grind com. You can also listen to the Above the Line podcast at the Above the Line podcast.com or Facebook.com slash Above the Line podcast. Uh, and yes, that's yes. everything. That is literally everything I do. Right. Uh, and no interesting projects like yourself, Mo, but uh, but we are going to, uh, to well, we're going to be finding ourselves in more episodes of this show. Mo, we haven't even mentioned what we're going to cover next. No, we did not. It's a good thing that I remembered before. We I'm really glad recording. you wrote that down because, for <laughs> God's sake, do I not remember? You know what? To lock us in, I'm going to mention what we're going to cover on our next three episodes. What Holy do you think? moly! I know we've never done anything <laughs> like this. Wait, hold on, hold on. Do we want to do that? Because there had been mention, there had been mention about possibly doing a uh, a viewer, a listener uh, voted episode. And I, I was thinking maybe we would do that not for this next episode, but for the episode after that. I think we should do two and then do it open. I think we need to. All right, let's lock us people, into two. Let's let's lock into two. Yeah. And in fact, we, as a treat to both ourselves and to <laughs> anyone who might be listening, we are going to focus on two of the most well-known shot-on-video films of all time. On our next episode, right. we're going to cover 1987's Video Violence. Right. That's right. See, now it's coming back. Now it's and coming after, back. After that, the following episode, we're going to cover one of the first shot-on-video movies ever, 1982's Boarding House. That one, I am so excited to be covering Boarding House. I'm excited about both of these. Yeah. Well, video we, vi- video violence, I've done write-ups on, so but I've yes. never done anything. I've never done anything in regards to Boarding House before, so I'm really excited to do that one. But yeah, video violence is going to be great too because that's such a great fucking movie. Yeah. Well, we are we are going to be covering both of them. I like you know it. We eventually will get back to covering films that are not as well regarded or as regarded as classics in the genre, but we got to cover these, right? I mean, right, kind of- exactly. I mean, there, there's there's a couple there's a couple of movies that like that like it's just sort of a shame that we haven't done yet, and I think those yeah. are both on that list as well as like Wally Cox's Five Five Five, which really needs to be covered. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I, I know we and there's other stuff too that just really needs to be nothing popping into my brain. I think five 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 was the biggest one. Sure. Um, well, I mean, maybe who knows if we do put it out to the listeners to choose one for us? Who knows what? Might right. Get exactly. You know, we'll okay. we'll say uh, I don't know. Now is well, maybe we'll talk about this after, but maybe I'll just mention it real <laughs> quick here. Like, there's there's options. You know, we can either uh, come up with five titles ourselves and let them decide of those, um, which actually uh, 
uh, Dr. Action and the Kick-Ass Kid just recently did right. uh, to determine what their next commentary was going to be. Mm-hmm. And I, it's looking like it's going to be The Punisher. Uh, <laughs> I'm surprised how many people have voted for that. Um, or we can just open it up and be like, first five submissions and then vote on them. Because imagine how crazy <laughs> that could that lead would to be. so much trouble. I know that could lead to such, such, such. That would be Brandon Bennett just putting five out there immediately <laughs> that we have to choose from. Oh, oh, you're right. We should probably pick them. That's that's a terrifying prospect. <laughs> Maybe what we'll do is we'll yeah we'll we'll start to brainstorm an array to choose right, right, from right. and we'll get people to choose nice. and maybe maybe and maybe we'll do a thread of people just suggestions right as well, which is yeah and so I mean but and between now and then I mean what's that another like four weeks anyway so right. it's not like it's anytime soon it'll be almost Christmas right it'll be really close to Christmas maybe that'll be our <laughs> Christmas special nice that's a really good idea Douglas. Well well done, sir. Well done. <laughs> My brain just plucked it out of the air. <laughs> yes, but uh, what we want to kind of uh, iterate is that there is more to come, right. lots more. Right. And this is after a two-plus-hour episode. It'll probably be around that. Uh, and and you should be looking out on the Facebook page. You should be checking us out because there's something really exciting coming up. Yeah, there's an, an air about the show right now where like we you know very positive energy yeah you know positive energies that's what we like to have we energy are in general all right i'll shut that off <laughs> yeah you got to shut that off <laughs> we we should probably it probably is time to say good night not goodbye just good night We'll be seeing you all very yeah. soon. <laughs> Good night, everybody. Good night. Happy Thanksgiving. All right. Jesus. Dear Blade Steel, thanks for keeping it real When you came into our school after a courtroom deal Got you out of time and challenged swiftly into our hearts Though I must admit that we had had a rocky start We were loud, we were rude, we were out of control And going down the path to sentencing without parole You know the only kind of sentences that we should string together Is when words are linked grammatically to mean something or other Cause we're six we're too young to be behind bricks We have a problem with a dude whose name is Mr. Machete Not the one who Trejo played this guy is ugly, gross, and sweaty And he uses kids to deal his dope to dudes who do it heavy Our neighborhood is looking like New Orleans without levees Cause they're dicks Machete's a total dick Goes to Bruce Lee and Master Chosen One Only one of you can see and he's the one who's dead and gone You gotta help Blade Steel get us out of this mess It's an unwritten law, we need a kindergarten ninja Blue and green, scary, mean, football, kung fu, killing machines are backed up by the drug king. Though Steel can fight and flirt and sing, he might be in over his head. Machete really wants him dead to stop all this commotion. We may have to fight in slow motion. Goes to Bruce Lee and Master Chosen One Only one of you can see and he's the one who's dead and gone You gotta help Blade Steel get us out of this mess It's an unwritten law, we need a kindergarten ninja
So thank you, Mr. Steel, for all that you've done. You taught us all karate, and a war is one. Sure, you put us all in danger in that warehouse fight. But we ended drugs forever, so our future can be bright. I hope you never leave us. The thing the school needs are the womanizing football playing and kung fu fighting deeds of a man who God had chosen for an angel to descend and give him martial arts, a big heart, and a brand new lady friend. Ghost of Bruce Lee and Master Chosen One Only one of you can see and he's the one who's dead and gone You gotta help Blade Steel get us out of this mess It's an unwritten law, we need a kindergarten ninja